Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob says you're getting ready for the Tar Pit here for episode number five of The Amazing Race. We've got a great show for you today. Liana Boris is going to join myself and Jessica Lease and Mike Bloom to talk about all of your feedback and much more from this week's Amazing Race. But first, we're going to have our exit interview with this week's most recently eliminated team. That would be Michelle and Victoria. So let's go ahead and patch them in and then... We'll be back with Mike and Liana, but Jessica will be with me for our amazing race exit interview. So we have Michelle and Victoria on the line. Let's go ahead and patch them in. Michelle and Victoria. Hey. Good morning. Hi. How how are you guys doing? Because we are not doing so great. Oh, no. Like, hey, thanks for finally giving us a little support in the couple last episodes, but... Yeah, today, a little extra concealer underneath my eye. It was kind of traumatic. A little traumatic last night. So, yeah, shocking, traumatic. Yes, hold on. You feel like that we didn't give you enough support? No, no I mean, after, I mean, we, we listened to every podcast along, but then further, we have to prove ourselves. And mm-hmm. we understand it's all good. Okay. All right. Because we were huge fans of of the you for our money, you guys brought the <laughs> most entertainment to our screens, and so uh, I I personally was devastated. Oh, we were too. I know. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, I gave thank some you. G- gave you some love and laughs throughout the show so far, but that's me every day. Okay. Well, all right. Dramatics of it. Okay. But okay. So that's the, we got the good part out of the way. But tell me. What the hell was going on with the six and a half hour car ride? We had no idea it was that long. We, like that's how our mindset was to get to point A to point B. We were stuck in a parking garage for quite a while, going floor to floor because we didn't have a credit card to leave. It was the right thing parking garage name that we had, and the parking attendant couldn't help either. We asked yeah. police. I'm fluent in French. We stopped like eight, nine different people getting directions, riding down, and we're just going parallel against the river of where we we're supposed to be. And it, it flew by. We had no idea. We're hustle and bustle in the traffic. And it, to watch back and look back, we had no idea that was the time that was a lot. We didn't stop to look at time. That's how we kept on going and moving and trying to find there. We didn't have any help. All the help we had didn't really help us out that much, but... It's shocking to us, too. It was traumatizing. Yeah. Do you have any idea how long after Kaylin and Haley uh, checked in that you guys showed up at the mat? Um, No, we don't know, but we would like to know. Yeah, we don't know. Do you think it was close? Hours? Hours? We have no idea. Okay. We have have no idea. Yeah, we we don't know. How about once you actually got to the carnival? uh, Did you guys uh, blow through that pretty quick? Yes. But I never gave up. I was like, yeah, let's go. Come on. Keep yeah. on going. There's I didn't always give hope. Up either. We didn't give up. We we kept on going. I was still uh, rooting you on, girl. I know. She was rooting me on. Mm-hmm. And I love carnival games. It's one of those things. It's like <laughs> we sung at Aladdin Castle with the coins. You know, it brought back a little childhood memory. But <laughs> I, I felt like we flew through that, like all the other challenges and detours that we had. Yeah. No issues anywhere else. That's the funny thing. Like, we never struggled with challenges, but struggling to find the clue last episode and then driving, you know, we flop on really dumb things. I would love to know um, 
once you actually rolled up to the carnival location, was it, did it feel like you should have known it was there all along? Like, did you drive past the building at all? Or um, were you way off the mark? To be, to be fair, that museum did not look like a museum. Like, we were not looking for um, a gray building that, like, just yeah. looked like any other building. We were looking for some, like, big, extravagant yeah. museum, art museum, and we, we so drove, we yeah. pulled up and we're like, wait, this is it? Are yeah. you kidding? I know. And we drove by it a couple times. That's ironic. Or, you know, it's frustrating because it felt like that after last week that you guys were really starting to build some momentum in the race. Did you feel like that in terms of doing the tasks that you two were both really starting to click? Yes, absolutely. Like we knew who had the stronger points in certain specialties, I guess, skill set. And I felt we weren't relying on each other. I felt gun ho that Victoria was the person for it and had no issues. I was confused. She came out so fast. I was like, what happened? What's going on? What's the deal? And boom, she was out that fast on the first try. I was like, woohoo, let's go. And doing anything else that if it was something challenging, we would talk through it, like the cooking challenge or uh, going anywhere else. But it, definitely, uh, I don't feel like we failed any of each other doing any of the challenges at all yeah. together. That roadblock was easy to me like i think it probably took me five minutes Which five time? minutes five minutes yeah the, um who has the eye um for art yes mm. yeah like it was really fast very quick and she, I was so to see a parna take 16 times i was like what how's that possible <laughs> but then again we got lost for six hours but yeah see don't say that ours was like so bad it was like the hustle and bustle with traffic of going and moving and looking and stopping for directions and we felt so helpless you know, we yeah. couldn't have we even like help. ran to stores to ask you know like since they're not just like um like tourists you know like people that actually have a store you know so they know the area yeah. but the police officer helped us out that it couldn't even give us directions to go there and we drove by there so many times but i guess we're brain dead from the flight no sleep whatsoever I think that's kind of the underreported story there. Like, how much sleep had you actually gotten on the race total at that point? Because I got the sense it wasn't very much. No, but Tori actually started taking a sleep log because everywhere, she's like, Michelle, you need to take a nap. Michelle, you need to sleep or something because all the time, different time zones, the jumping, the going, hey, when we're, we're able to rest and go. But the, but the first flight was 14 hours and I'm tall and I sat right next to the bathroom. We so had bathroom anyone seat. that used the bathroom would like hit my shoulder or hit my leg. The entire time. So I time. didn't see that all in that flight. I was trying to watch Disney. It was like Snow White or something. Watching some Disney movies <laughs> on the, the TV. <laughs> in front of me. But yeah, it, but you know, we're sitting by the restroom the entire time. People, it was a huge plane. Everybody was going there. We did not get any rest at all. Like, at all and plus everybody's all you know they're drilling it up everybody we're on the first flight like yeah let's go but to not know that they're all helping each other out we wish we would just follow along with the pack and i think things would have been a little different but we're brain dead exhausting it was so tiring yeah i think very very tiring I'd love to know a little bit more from your perspective of running the race that we've seen uh, such a big part of this season has been the teams that are in the front of the pack have had this alliance working together. Did you know that was going on at the time that you were running the race? 
We have no idea. No idea. Anytime, what, anytime they would ask, like, oh, so are there any alliances? We're like, no, no. everyone loves everybody. Like, no, no idea. No idea. Because we're always, like, right behind them or in the mix of all those people. And they never, you know, we felt like we would help everybody else. Yeah. You know, we were like this. And we didn't have help with anything, even outside of Paris. Then speaking Spanish and going through the market all by ourselves and didn't have anybody to help and tell us to bring the groceries or do this or do that, we're, we're on our own. And in this case, you know, it, it shows that working together with others kind of helps them out. Yeah. So sad. I don't know. <laughs> like tragic. But there was really no point when you were uh, teaming up with anybody? No, we never. No, teamed up Anybody, no one. The only help that we ever got one time was from Gary and D'Angelo after 30 minutes on the being on the water on the boat to go back and get her bag. And that's it. That's the only help we got. We never got help from anybody else. Or But we're very thankful for that. Yeah, we're very thankful for Gary and D'Angelo for giving us that heads up. But we were on our own for the, the entire race. Um, had no idea about the alliance, but looking back, I don't know if it's going to help them or hurt them. You know, yeah. moving forward. You guys talked about at the end of the episode last night about your relationship and how uh, close the race ended up bringing the two of you. I know this was filmed a while back. How has the race changed the dynamic of the relationship between you two? Oh, my God. We hang out all the time. Like Michelle basically lives at a house. Like, we can't get enough of each other. She makes, me, so a better, awesome. she makes me a better person. Now we're going to the gym twice we have a personal trainer it's we're here pushing us to, to better each other and ourselves and like oh Vic, cool yeah like sharing memes all day texting throughout the day like hey what's up how's it going and it really brought us together so much because before we go weeks without talking to each other and we have that obligated sister dinner date night or do this do that because we we are opposite you, you notice that we're very mm-hmm different mm-hmm. in taste, preference, and a lot of things, but opposites do attract in a good way, and it's like the yin and yang, you know, we we level each other out. I guess it's a good combination. Yeah. Awesome combination. So, what has it been like to watch the show back? Uh, I mean, this is nearly two years ago at this point. Um, how do you feel like you're being represented? Do you, does it bring back good memories, or bad memories, or... Um, what has it been like to see the story distilled into a TV show? Um, it's, it was very exciting to watch us on TV. Um, and I think we got a, a good edit, you know, like they didn't make us seem evil or anything like that. And I just watching it back, it was just like reliving the memory, you know, and it was like so awesome. It I was. love it. And I get, I would get triggered on some things. I'm like, Oh gosh, yeah. this is what happened or we relive things but then you get to see like what the other teams are thinking or what they're doing you're like oh okay that makes sense sense. we had no idea oh that's why and even now looking back i mean i was i was proud at some moment we were proud at every moment every detour and challenge that we did we you know we knew had the better skill set on certain things and now looking back at our mess ups it was tragic like oh Mm -hmm. my god like cringeworthy when you look back and like oh we're not dumb. Hey, it's just, hey, we have navigational issues. That's all too. Because <laughs> it's like, hey, we rely on our navigation systems and our vehicles or actually know where to go. Google Maps, you know, you can't take that for granted. You don't, you know, or your steered iPhone at all. 
you go old school, like who could open an atlas right now and realistically know what's up? You know, it's hard to pinpoint things, but hey, you live and you learn and now yeah. it's this or going somewhere too. But walking back, it's been an amazing, amazing trip and experience. experience. We're thankful and, you know, we went through several things, but at the end, you know, I don't think there's an end. There, it's we, we're going to continue from that. From that, from that. I really want redemption. Yeah, Redem- uh, we, want like, hey, we want to. We want to see. Like our backpacks. You know, I mean, I had a curling iron. You know, I make people didn't have deodorant. I'm like, what? Like, you know, I came back and put so much toothpaste on my toothbrush, and I came back on my Sonicare because I like took that for granted. No <laughs> harm. Yeah, like on the right. I was like Michelle a drop of toothpaste on your toothbrush. Yeah, the small little thing with the hair. And I wouldn't even give her like my eye drops. Yeah, like, like, no, no, you don't need them right now. You know, <laughs> and I was like throwing out like makeup, uh, like for my makeup, like tap to my makeup and stuff. Like, oh yeah, that was like 0.001 ounces from my backpack. I couldn't let other things go. We're like, oh, spraying people at the airport. Like I had body spray and pressure. I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh gosh. I'm like, walk it. No, they missed that. I'm like, oh gosh. And they're like, Oh, you know, full face makeup. Yeah. No, I was just making sure everything, hair, face. I mean, it's HD and bad angles and right in your face. You just got to make sure. But we have a lot of weight on our backpack, you know, <laughs> from there. But and I was like, I have big feet and I brought two pairs of tennis shoes. So I was like, Michelle, that's like half my backpack. I was like, <laughs> no. And it's like, hey, that's why I was like, one backpack with other people. I'm like, what? How is that even possible? But we had a laundry bag. <laughs> people all just, we were fresh. Our clothes were always cleaned and washed because we had a laundry bag and everything. Like, we had the survival stuff, like, for sure. Like, I was not giving up my face cream. Like, no, that's not happening. So, besides that, we're ready for everything, but I guess mentally, yeah, we need redemption. For sure. I I know you got to run soon, but could you just tell us about your experience meeting Wolfgang Puck? How exciting was that? (laughs) Okay. The, no, no, no. Okay, 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 okay. I watched it only once, okay, because it was so cringing to me. And that is not what happened, Vic. You could tell straight up. Like, the editing on it made me look, like, super psycho. Like, I, I love the Food Network channel. Like, you saw the Ninja in the Kitchen. Like, I love <laughs> the kitchen and stuff. I saw him when we were checking in early in the morning, and he's like, hello. I was like, <clears throat> and then I did approach him. But, you know, he signed the release to be aired and we had he had full conversation with me about louisiana food the gumbo crayfish and everything and it was back and forth and when he got up to leave it was the airport calling him for a flight because he was on a different flight and they showed it for me just to be the chatty catty and he was just sitting there and i'm like oh everybody thought it was hilarious i didn't even finish it once because i was like cringing i was like are you serious right now but like no one else knew he was <laughs> right. like, who is that i i know you guys gotta run to get to more interviews but thank you so much for tonight we could listen to you, the two of you talk all day long but uh i know you gotta run and do more press <laughs> Bye, y'all. Have a great holiday. Thank you so much. Have a great holiday. And we look forward to talking some more in the future. Anything you guys want to talk about? Cheerio. Thank you. Bye. All right. Take care. Everybody, there you have it. Michelle and Victoria, they are so much fun to talk to. I hope we get the chance to uh, chat more with them in the future. We've got plenty more Tar Pit still to come with Mike and Liana joining us here on the show today. But first, let me take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Those are our friends over at Brook 
Linen. If you're a longtime listener, you've probably heard me talk about Brooklinen before. From your bed to your bathroom, they've got comfort covered. And this holiday is no exception. We're talking gifts that are soft, gifts that are cozy, gifts that give you a feeling of complete and utter serenity, which, as we all know in 2020, hard to come by. Brooklinen has got the biggest sale of the year coming soon. Brooklinen's got so many options, especially for gifting. There are always people in your list who are tough to please. Comfort is a, not a one-size-fits-all type thing. Their selection really takes into account different needs and preferences when it comes to bedding, towels, and you name it. Seriously, they have something for everyone. A tough-to-please ant. We've all got a, a few of those. Candles, silk eye masks, scrunchies, robes. They've got gift card options so your loved ones can pick out exactly what they want. I personally love the Brook linen sheets. I swear by them that I always want to have them on my bed if they're in the wash. I go into a panic, need to have the Brook linen sheets on the bed. They are so soft and comfortable, and they sleep cool in the summer, and they're warm enough for you in the winter. They're my favorite. Cozy up to Brooklinen's biggest sale of the year happening right now. Brooklinen is so confident in all their products, their sheets, their comforters, loungewear, and their towels all come with a 365-day warranty. Get huge savings and free shipping during Brooklinen's biggest sale of the year only at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Use promo code ROB to let them know that we sent you. That's brooklinen.com, promo code ROB. And if you can't wait for the sale, and if you're just hearing about this and it's post-Black Friday, Cyber Monday, you can still use the promo code ROB at brooklinen.com for 10% off and free shipping in the U.S. anytime. That's why I always say, no sleep till Brooklinen. All right, let's bring in our panel for uh, this week's Tar Pit. Of course, uh, back with us every week on the Tar Pit. Give it up for Mr. Mike Bloom. Happy to be back, Rob. I don't know if I'm coming in as hot as Michelle and Victoria are. Certainly not complaining about our coverage of ourselves, that's for sure. Yes, of course. Uh, you heard her on the Eggs interview. Uh, Jessica Lee is back. Jessica, yeah, could you believe that um, Michelle and Victoria felt like we have not been positive enough about them? I don't know how much more positive we could get than they are our favorite team and we are gutted that they're gone. But at least they didn't ask us if we were a fan of anything. Yes. Okay. Well, that is good. We dodged a bullet there with a former are you a amazing fan racer. of Wolfgang yeah. Puck. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, okay. And we are blessed here today on the Tar Pit because that we have a woman who finally got a weekend off from podcasting last weekend, but we couldn't let her have two in a row. You hear her every week during the Survivor and Big Brother season on the B&B with Mike Bloom. You can currently hear her on the Mass Singer Rehap Up with the great Puya Zamakili. Here is Liana Boris from Science. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. I did take some time off, but Hung had the quote for me of the episode, no time for lollygagging. I had to hop on over here, over to the tar pits and discuss all of the fun that I'm having with this season of The Amazing Race with the three of you. So I can't wait to get into everything uh, for today. 
I think you're mistaken, though, Liana. This is only for lollygagging. <laughs> this is the, the yes. lollygagging podcast specifically for the week. Yes. Emphasis on the LOL, hopefully, on the <laughs> tar pit. Liana, I, I don't know. Have we ever talked about Amazing Race with you before? No, I don't think so. The Amazing Race is a show that I actually watched before I watched Big Brother and Survivor. My grandma, Ooh. yeah, my grandmother was a huge fan. And so I would go over to, to her house and we would sometimes watch episodes together. Uh, and so I actually have a long history with watching the show, but it never really amounted to the same level of obsessive fandom uh, as I have for for some of the other CBS reality TV shows. But it holds a really, really special place in my heart because of that emotional connection to the show. Uh, and and I've watched it, you know, over the years. I'm missing a couple seasons here and there. Puya, my partner, and I are going through doing watches for the first time, some and rewatches for others. And so I think this is just a really great time to be uh, to be into the amazing race just because we can't go anywhere so it's nice to live vicariously <laughs> through everyone traveling so give it give, give us the give us the list what are you watching right now we just well we're going in order so we did one two three oh, and four whoa. that's commitment <laughs> i know or lack of like friends and other commitments mm-hmm. so, so you said you did you just finished we four? just finished four yes uh, so five is my personal, not only one of my favorite seasons, but like one of my gold standard reality TV seasons. So I think you're in for a good time. Well, we've been, didn't we rank, didn't we rank five the best one, Mike? Hell yeah. And I think even if we did it Hell today, yeah. I think it'd still That's be number right. one. Hell yeah. Wow. <laughs> we, so we've been doing some other stuff, uh, like reorganizing and cleaning, but we stopped down, we finished four and we were like, okay, we got to watch five because, because it's such an iconic season. Wow. Okay. All right. So the Amazing Race historians uh, get ready to add another seat at the table uh, when Liana and Puya have gotten through everything. But uh, Liana, are you enjoying Amazing Race 32? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I, you know, Mike and I had had talked at one point about me coming on the tar pits. It's like, oh, yeah, that'll be fun. I realized I couldn't bear to lose another team. I would just message Mike. I was like, Mike, I have to come on and talk about the cast because I think they're fabulous. They're outstanding. It's been very entertaining. And although I was sad to see Michelle and Victoria leave, I'm happy that I was able to still jump in to get a chance to talk about them on their boot episode. Okay. Uh, yes, it was. We're still not over it of uh, the debacle of uh, Michelle and Victoria. And again, I rewatched the episode. It's like forty-five minutes into the episode before there's ever e- even any sign that they're in trouble, and then all of a sudden, it's just like a uh, a complete collapse. It is falling yeah. off the cliff for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That escalated quickly. Yeah. Escalated. That's by quickly, you mean six hours? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing is that I think as opposed to like. I don't know, as opposed to like slitting a throat and watching it bleed out, it's more so just like a quick jab in the gut. Like it, it comes at you very quickly Boy. where we talked about this on Wednesday, but I can imagine rewatching it even once you have it in hindsight, it's still like yeah. the vast majority of the time, oh Kaylin and Haley are screwed. By the oh, way, this I, is this is their slow march to the to the ground. I think Mike's the imposter with that type of uh, imagery. <laughs> it's a little sus. Listen, yeah. I was in electrics doing my exit interview the entire time. I did my task. I thought I escaped the Among Us. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> <Nope>. stop. <laughs> uh, but it, actually, it's really funny that you guys bring that up because now when I rewatched the episode, knowing what happened to Michelle and Victoria, I was starting to look for hints if there was anything beforehand. They do struggle a little bit with the navigation to the art museum uh, where Victoria is just like chilling in the back seat, and they had to stop and ask for directions a few times but in terms of their six and a half hour uh 
I don't misadventure, I guess, is what I would call it. That, yeah, doesn't happen until there's 10 minutes left in the episode. It's really, wow, wild. And it's it's interesting. You know, I got the chance to talk with them as well. And hearing some of their descriptions through the misadventures really could have been its own Amazing Race episode. Because there are things like, what hurts even worse is apparently they did pass by that museum, that that's the Carnival Games Museum, like once or twice because they were not looking for that type of edifice. They were more so looking for like big marble columns and less so about like, hey, here's a random flat front that has a bunch of carnival stuff inside. Mm-hmm. And then there was this whole rigmarole where they went into, they were supposed to park at a certain parking garage to go to the museum. They went to the same brand of parking garage, but on the opposite side of town. And then once they got in there, they couldn't get out because they didn't have money to pay to get out of there. So it really really does seem like just a a series of unfortunate events befell these two that took up a quarter of a day and ended up getting them eliminated really on like one task in particular, or at least getting there. Well, that's interesting, Mike. You actually answered a question that one that we got in feedback this week. Um, just in what you've just told us from your exit interview, because something that people were wondering is if they were really that close, could they have parked and gotten out and walked the rest of the way? But it sure sounds like they were supposed to park in a designated spot. And that was something that I've never been totally clear on. Like, do you just leave your car somewhere and production figures out where it is? Or do you have to park in a designated lot every time? Hmm. Yeah, no. I mean, I guess if they parked on the street and they got a ticket, I can't remember. Are they liable to pay the ticket? Does it come out of their their winnings if they have any? I think it comes out of their money for the leg. Whoa. Like, I think that's what I recall from, like, if you damage somebody else's car, you have to pay them off. <laughs> what? Yeah. Or, um, <laughs> or they only give of- you like $200. <laughs> I yes, know. You better not. You better not. You know. Don't so, key someone don't do else's that. car if you get mad at them. Don't key the cat, the task judge's car if he doesn't like your work. Wow. Hmm. Especially because the task judge is Can Man, and he's a national treasure. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody key Can Man's car. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. The uh, so uh, we actually in in the seasons one, two, three, and four that Puya and I watched, we have seen a few instances where there are teams that. You know, it's told explicitly in the clue to walk to so-and-so location, but they drove. And so mm-hmm. this is sort of the flip reverse of that, if they had to drive to a particular place. But I just, they were two kilometers away. In the rewatch, that red dotted line being so close to the yellow dot, my heart aches for them. That was so yeah. painful. I mean, I don't know the the layout of the Parisian streets, but if it is, it is anything like New York, you could be like, oh, yeah, you just have to go to the river in New York. But because things are so grid-like mm-hmm. and so, like, labyrinthian, it can be easier said than done to actually get there when driving. So I wonder if it was the same thing where, like, like you said, Liana, they were, it seemed like they're only, like, a couple of avenues away from the river proper, which is where they needed to be. But for whatever reason, they weren't able to actually get over there. Can you bribe people on the Amazing Race? I'm just going back to the How whole. How so? <laughs> what bribe were you on it? Like the judges? No, I was thinking for the car thing. Like if you if if you run into someone's car, like pay them off. I just want to clear this up before we move on. Like, there's no insurance, or do you pay off the people that you the car that you hit? I think 
I, I can't remember exactly what they said about like you are liable for damages if you damage somebody else's car. I, but I don't know if that means like you obviously don't know how much you damaged them in the moment. So I'm not sure exactly how that works. But I'm, tr- I'm thinking about specifically, I think it was Michael and Liz who ran into somebody's car and mm. they couldn't get away from the incident and they weren't allowed to proceed on the race until the driver was happy with how things were resolved. <laughs> I think I'm going to start a loan shark business for the amazing race. I'm just going to follow the teams around and I'll loan yeah, them like money at a high interest rate. Be like an ambulance chaser yeah. for the amazing race. Like, yeah. oh, I Very see you hit, this, you hit this taxi. Here's my card. Mm-hmm. Well, this isn't this is sort of like secret scene adjacent, but I didn't want to play the whole scene. But while we're sort of talking about Michelle and Victoria, there, there's a long long ass clip of michelle and victoria struggling to find uh uh, the where to go in paris but there's one clip from michelle that i thought was was very interesting especially when it comes to uh talking with others so here's michelle i smell like cream how is anybody gonna take me seriously when i ask for directions when i smell like cream it's a good question Mm -hmm. does anyone take you seriously if someone approached you and said you know how do i get somewhere and they smelled like cream would you judge them a little bit? I think hmm. there's perfume that smells like cream. Is that not a desire? Not like this. Smell? <laughs> well, here's the thing about whipped cream. And this is something that <laughs> I think is underreported when yes. it comes to whipped cream. Yes. If it is on you, and I'm not saying I have personal experience with this, mm-hmm. but if it is on you for a certain amount of time without getting rinsed off, it coagulates and it goes sour and you don't smell like cream. You smell like sour milk. And everybody who did that challenge, I guarantee you, every single one of those people smelled like sour milk by the end of the day. Hmm. Ew. So now so, my question stands. It does the, is smell dependent for your perspective as to how altruistic you are. Like if you're being approached by somebody asking you to do a good deed. Is there is there like a specific level of smell where once it's past that boundary, you're like, I'm not helping you whatsoever. Hmm. Like there's a bell curve, Mike. There's a bell curve. I think it is. If somebody smells really, really good, I'm going to assume they don't need my help. Oh, and if somebody smells. It's like a reverse bell curve. And if somebody smells neutral, I'll probably help them. If they smell terrible, I don't know that I would. Hmm. You're beyond help. You smell too bad. Yeah, or I can't get close enough to you to help you. I'm more so fixated on the idea that if you smell too yeah. good, you don't need my help. Well, like, yeah, you wouldn't that, want to send them away. They smell too good. It's like, like hey, oh, well, get, like, get out of here, money yeah. bags. Yeah, hold Stop on. Wait, wait, what's the rush? Let's, uh, says, stay and then talk for a minute here. <laughs> Your life is fine. You don't need my help. You smell exactly. Yeah. No, 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 more like the spider in the web of like, no, no, no. Why don't you come stay with me? Who cares about the race? Or you just you <laughs> spend a long time drawing out on the map. No, no, come closer. You Look, look here. We need to be yeah, very close in. to me while I show lean you in, this so I can smell your neck a little bit more (laughs) it's not creepy yeah so do you think mike that 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 hurt them of that they were not able to get directions from anybody because of that their smell their odor (laughs) yeah i mean listen that's something we didn't see but maybe they approached several french residents and they told me that apparently they asked like they went to like nine different gas stations and apparently got nine different sets of directions honestly these people might have been confused. You know, Liana, you can speak as our as our science member of the panel here about the uh, the the science of things. I can imagine that the olfactory nerves were sort of maybe confused by the smell that they ended up getting all confounded and drawing raw directions for these two. I'm trying to think if that was 
Is like a super villain use that before? Like not smoke, but a bad smell that just is so hmm. confusing. It overwhelms your other senses. You can no longer smell. see. A conf- hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Is that is that a thing? Did I just make that up? That sounds know. like that sounds like a Scooby Doo villain tactic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe does Scooby snacks smell good? No, they smell mm. smell the right amount of good. So, yeah, exactly. So not, yeah, they're, yeah. There's so much so that if the mystery van pulls up, you're not going to be like, go away. Yeah. You clearly smell too good, Scooby Doo. I used to have a bunch of He-Man action figures at the risk of uh, dating myself and getting called a boomer again on Twitter. <laughs> but the, in the He-Man action figure universe, there was one. Uh, there was one He-Man ops uh, that was named, uh, I believe his name was Skunkor, and oh, he yes. smelled bad. If you had, and if you got that figure, it actually smelled terrible, like it had like a scratch and sniff uh, component to it. Oh my god, I was explaining, so we had never heard of scratch and sniff stickers before. Mm-hmm. I know, what? I know, and I was like, yeah, and then when you become an adult, you get them from the gas company, and they smell horrible, because our gas company sm- sends us what? these, yeah, our gas company sends us these little scratch and sniff stickers. So you know what the yes. gas smells like. So you know what yes. a gas leak smells <laughs> oh, like. Oh, I guess I guess it makes it like, oh, this is what, like, yeah, this is like not nitrous oxide smells like, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, like, no... No less than two days after I told him the story, the sticker showed up from the gas company. And I was like, look how Mm. horrible this smells. So I don't know what the moral of that story is or how it pertains to the amazing race, but it was a thought that popped into my head and I have chosen to share it. I mean, maybe to that point, the the best smell you want as an amazing race contestant who wants directions is probably like gasoline, right? Because that indicates like, wow, these people have traveled a lot. Like they smell like gas. Clearly, they're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, or they might explode at any second if I do not help them. Hmm. Also, uh, to avoid getting a bunch of my mentions blown up, I, I believe that this character was named Stinkor, not Skunkor. <laughs> but he was a, but he was a skunk, I think. Wait, so there's Skeletor, yeah. and Stink is the is these formula for He-Man villains just add or to the end of any sort of S word? Basically, <laughs> don't ruin a good. We thing. might, Mike. We'll save that for the He-Man branch deal. <laughs> Oh, no. Heroes the versus villains. Steel. Yeah. Yes, rooting for Shira. Let's go. Yes, yes. Okay. All right. Jess, do you have questions from the listeners before we completely uh, get further off the beaten path than Michelle and Victoria were on Wednesday's episode? Yeah, I, I will get to those questions once I finish looking at this Wikipedia list of every He-Man villain. Mm, yeah. Okay, uh, and this is something, this is kind of an Amazing Race 101 thing, Rob, if you got the drop. Okay, uh, some Amazing Race 101. Amazing Race 101. Yes. Yes, that kid's in college now. <laughs> All right, so we got this question from several different people, so I feel like it's something that was worth spending some time on here because I think it's something like the the three of us and probably also Liana, if it comes up, uh, don't even consider this uh, because we're so used to it being a thing on The Amazing Race. But we had several people ask, why was such a big deal made about manual transmission and why were the racers given manual cars? Is this something that's more common outside the U.S.? I guess we should start by asking, do, do do we all know how to drive stick? I do not. I don't know how to drive, so. I'm you bad at it. You know how to drive? 
Jess, I'm very surprised because that this I feel like has always been your thing in talking about the Amazing Race for all these years. Of Amazing Racers need to know how to drive stick, and you've talked about it where it's like yeah, that you need to know it. And now I'm just blown away. I figured that you were like a manual transmission master, and now we find you don't even drive a car. Rob, do you see me applying for the Amazing Race? No, no, but I just I feel like that you're so knowledgeable on everything. I feel like that you, I, I, I think of you in such a high regard that I just think that that would be like nothing. I, I know how to drive academically. I'm like Arnold Schwarzenegger and twins <laughs> pulling the owner's manual of the car out and learning how to drive from reading it. But yes. no, I haven't driven a car since I was like 18 years old. I live in New York. I don't need to. Wow. Do you have a driver's license? Nope. I've never had a driver's license. This is wild. <laughs> I thought you guys knew this. No. No, I knew it I just knew never comes drive, up. but I thought it was location based, not I don't have a license based. Hmm. I mean if we moved somewhere else I'd have to learn, but there's no need. And then you have to pay insurance if you you know, if you want to drive something and I it's it's a headache. I don't. I so don't what you're that. saying is, if you were to ever do the amazing race, like your partner's got to be driving the entire time. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's one of the reasons I've never bothered. One of many reasons I do not want to go on the amazing race is I would have to learn how to drive stick, and I don't even know how to drive automatics. So already, I'm kind of setting myself up for failure. Yeah. Okay. Liana, can you drive a manual transmission? Yeah, my sister made me learn when I was younger. I'm horrible at it. I like my heart went out for was it Will? Yeah, Will who was struggling with it. It was like I totally get it, buddy. I like ruined my sister's clutch because she she forced me to learn. She's like you will learn and I'm still garbage at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see that's that's the problem is like I just feel bad for all of these I don't know car rental companies that lease these cars to amazing racers who race in Europe because the transmission just has to be like burned to shreds by the time the racers are done with it. Like they better be loaning like the closest to lemons possible for these amazing racers of like, let's not give them the best stuff because we don't want to, you know, possibly render our good products obsolete by these poor Americans that don't exactly know their way around the clutch. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that every car rental place in Europe has a separate lot for American drivers. (laughs) Yeah. The cars that they've destroyed. Yeah. But to answer the question, Yes, it is much more common to have manual transmissions outside of the United States. And frequently, if you're renting a car, it is the only kind of car you can get. So that is why that is why you are frequently called upon to drive stick shift if there's self-driving in Amazing Race. Mm -hmm. Does self-driving on the Amazing Race uh, only typically come up in Europe? No, it's come up other places. I think they try to avoid it coming up in places where you have to drive on the wrong side of the road. Because mm-hmm. they don't want to cause any, they don't want to have to pay off too many people, if you get what yeah. I'm saying. Okay, and also, don't at me, I mean the other side of the road, opposite, you know, it is a perfectly correct side of the road in the country in which you are driving on that side of the road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I seem to recall, like, Amazing Race 7, I think they were in Brazil or maybe Colombia, where they were driving for, like, long stretches and they self-drove. So I don't think it's necessarily, like, only in Europe must you self-drive. I just think it's a matter of, like, if you're traveling around a city, it's usually like, hey, let's just use taxis, as opposed to if you're driving for long stretches like we saw in this episode, then give them the car and just pray that transmission does not get ground to dust by the end of the leg. Yeah. And this is something way less common now because uh, there's so much 
less transportation that does not involve flying. Mm-hmm. And it was like they even made a big deal out of it. This this leg, it was like, oh, my gosh, we're doing self-driving like it's a twist and not something you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's been one of the biggest shocks between watching the very first couple seasons and then watching this season. The like the concept, what do they call it? Self-driving. Oh, it's a self-driving leg. It was just in the other, you know, the early seasons, like, oh, just drive yourself. Um, well, yeah, season one, they were driving. Driving through the Tunisian yeah. desert—that's how much they were relying on yeah. self-driving. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was a alternate transportation in general was more of a thing back then. It was like we're going to rely on every possible way to get somewhere that you could get somewhere. You're going to take trains overnight. You're going to be, you know, you're going to have you're going to have to drive yourselves from one country to the next. And you know that you're you're remembering driving in the Tunisian desert. You're not. But we should also point out that prior to that, they took a ferry from Italy to Tunisia. And that Mm. was kind of a that's a thing they never do anymore. I think the last time we saw people take a boat on a long haul was when they were in Svalbard in 23. Does it count if they the the riverboat that they got on slept in in hammocks on the Amazon? Does that count as long term (laughs) riverboat? Yeah, well, that's that was kind of a throwback, I thought. I guess that does count. Or when they accidentally tried to take the ferry at one point when they thought that was the boat they were supposed to take with their groceries on. <laughs> that does. That, does I wouldn't does, count that. Yeah. Does it count as alternate travel if you accidentally get on it? Mm. It was still That's on a, a boat. Question. I guess. Right. It was just a smaller yeah, I mean, boat. Yeah, it is. It is an alternate to what you're supposed to do. Philosophical question. Is it alternate transportation if you weren't supposed to be on it? Yeah, I. I Wow, I'm going to go meditate on that for like two hours. Yeah. Okay, so we have a question. We have another kind of race logistics question that I don't know definitively the answer, but I have, I'm have. i like 90% sure. But we got a question from our friend Brad who says, are you allowed to hire a taxi and follow it to the destination or are you not allowed to do that anymore? Well, wow, that's ingenious. That was a thing. Oh, yeah, that was a thing for many yeah. years. And I do believe... I recall that it's maybe somewhere in the middle seasons that there was a penalty for teams that did that at one point. Because there, if clues specify like drive yourself to this location, you will actually get penalized if you essentially do not navigate there on your own, quote unquote, on your own, even if you get directions from somebody else. What if you follow another team? Does that count as on your own? Oh, I think I don't think you can enforce that because you're all going the same way on the, presumably the same road. Mm-hmm. Right. You can just be like, well, we happen to be going at the same direction as them. Like, yeah, they may have followed us, but technically yeah. they all met again the same directions. I think it's more so like you walk over being like, listen, I know I smell like cream, but would you mind <laughs> driving to this location and I'll tail you? That's I'll be downwind you could... of you. You'll be in front of me. You won't smell the cream. I promise. <laughs> mm-hmm. if, if you pay somebody and you follow them, that that's legit. There should be no penalty for that. I think it's thinking outside the box. Yeah. It might have even... That seems like something that Boston Rob would have done. Hey. Maybe, in fact, did. I'll follow Don't you. you know who I am? Yeah. You should only... I guess people probably did it for free 50%. for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. There's a lot less reliance on locals to help people out with things because, you know, we talked about the fern of it all. Um mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like you can get somebody to get in your car with you and point out where you're going. Or, you know, I would guess if somebody found out you're on The Amazing Race and they wanted to drive in front of you and show you how to get to everywhere. 
I don't think you're allowed to do that anymore either. What if it just so happens they're going to the same? Oh my gosh, oh, we just oh. happened to run into this person. I'm I'm well, going to the Carnival Game Museum oh. as well. How did you know? Wow. It's a popular tr- attraction here. Wow. Please follow me. <laughs> or don't even say it. Just be like, oh, I'm going there now. Oh, great. Have a great day, sir. And then you just follow him. There's a loophole yeah, here. Okay, could you be surreptitious about it? Could you be like, follow me? Well, that's what I'm saying, and but then, you, like, pay, like, you pay them off, obviously. This whole go, goes to my whole paying people well, off. Well, no, but, then, but that's so, like, you sort of, like, walk by and you, like, sneeze and you slip money through the crack in the window or something. <laughs> I don't as think you're you should be by. talking about sneezing in this day and age like, yeah. near people, but yes. Yeah. I get the concept. Back in the before times. That'll yes. scare people off more than a cream smell. <laughs> I mean, I know there were, like, our RFF people would go to LAX when the when the race was starting and they'd like slip cash to the racers as they were coming in. And I don't know how much that is. I know it's extremely frowned upon, but I don't know how much they can prevent it. That's weird. <laughs> it's the start of the shark loan shark That's business. Really strange. Yeah. If you're like, yeah, if you're making your way through LAX and people are like, here you go. And you're like, how did they know who to give money to? How do they know who they like? Look for the cameras. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just it's a like, decision that I you regret later on. I want amazing race team to do well. I, I want like, I, I understand if you have a favorite team, but how do you even know who your favorite is? Well, it's like, I think they become your favorite if you run into them and you help them out. It's like, now I have some skin in the game. I'm going to be rooting for these guys. Oh, it's, like, you like, just you're, wanna... it's, like, it's like your fantasy amazing race team. You're like putting in money to invest into their, their well-being. But you just invest right. blindly. You could be investing in the, in the villains that you hate. Yeah, you just have to hope that you don't end up like giving money to the racist team. Mm-hmm. Should you do like a background check? Should you be like, all right, I'll give you $20, but answer me these three questions. Mm. It's like Rick Grimes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, how many people have you killed? Mm-hmm. How many zombies have how you killed? How many people have you U-turned? <laughs> all right, you've earned, you've earned my money. Here's yeah. my $5 that I took from the Chick-fil-A that's left over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, no, the Chick-fil-A. Oh, never mind. Sorry, never people. mind. Never no mind. money for you. <laughs> Controversial. Okay. All right. Okay. What else do we have, Jess? Um, so we've got um Colleen wants to know, Kaylin and Haley have the best attitude. Is it edit or do they never get mad? Hmm. It's a good question, because I think yeah, they certainly have not necessarily got as down in the dumps. They've not gone full D'Angelo. Uh, I will say that to the point where even last week when they were facing that taxi driver from hell situation, they were not angry. They more so said, wow, it was funny before, but now it's not funny anymore. Do you think it's just like a matter of, of circumstance of what they've been through that they're not going to not they're not going to like let their their frustration show? I'm trying to think of a moment where they've had extreme emotion about anything. They get excited, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they haven't gotten too gotta- high or too low. No, they got a little snappish at one point, but it was really, I, it wasn't like you didn't worry that there was a problem in their relationship the way you do with some of these teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't know, maybe really it, seen them fight either, now that I'm thinking about it. Have they ever had any, like, yeah. major disagreements? I don't think so. No, I think, I mean, I think, because for the most part, they've usually, like, been together. It was only in the situation when I think Kaylin was the one who was struggling with driving that maybe you would have that situation, like Michelle and Victoria. But again, they mm-hmm. seem super supportive of each other. I mean, also, look at their situation. Like, they've only been able to rely on each other for the yeah. past 10 years plus. Like, they moved out within a year of each other and are living together and do everything together. So I can imagine, like... Any and all fights that they've had have been worked out, as opposed to Michelle and Victoria, who admitted they were not close before the race, and now they're sort of working through those issues that they've never faced before. Mm-hmm. Kaylin had a hard yeah, time putting together the garbage cello. 
Yeah, that's true. And there was a secret scene this week where the two of them are trying to work out the driving stick shift. Mm -hmm. And they get a little bit short with each other, but they get it figured out pretty quickly. Mm. So I wouldn't necessarily... And you could see, like, Michelle and Victoria in that same situation would not be reacting that same way. Let me put forward a question then. Do Kaylin and Haley have the strongest... I'm a, I don't want to say strongest relationship. I think, like, the most emotionally consistent relationship in the race of the teams that are left. I have not seen Riley and Madison have any difference of opinion. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Riley was throwing shade at Madison for not getting the, the, the clown ball mouth on the first try. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it was friendly shade. It wasn't like, you know, when you're in first place, I, I think if you're yelling at each other when you're in first place, that's that's indicative of something. But they were just, you know, they were just joking around. I don't think he was upset. I don't know. Riley looked like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be I think he said it's going to be so embarrassing if we lose our lead because of carnival games, which carnival games are pretty much impossible to win the biggest stuffed animal. So I know how challenging that can be. Uh, I was going to say, but, like, yeah. let's get Riley and Madison on Big Brother. They'll, they'll <laughs> put their carnival skills to the test. <laughs> oh, boy. I thought it was unusual also that Riley and Madison, like, I thought that they were like these competitive uh, volleyball players and they were talking about like, yeah, we never win anything. We haven't won anything. Yeah, it's been eight years since we're like, it sounds like they really. No, not, not eight years. They said they haven't won something since 2007. Yeah, it, they seem very down on their luck. Yeah. How do you become a professional athlete without winning anything since 2007? Maybe. And then you become the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I was going to say. They could be like a forever second place kind of team. You know, always close, but not no cigar. Yeah, yeah, like like yeah, competitive enough to have a to maintain a career, but not necessarily taken home. Well, it's also interesting in that it seems like they've done stuff separately, right? Like Riley went into all this stuff about how I lived in Italy, like I, I work the stick shift, like it's it's my third hand. Um, but uh, but I think that you know maybe they meant together when they were playing mm. together as a team. They haven't won anything since, but they've won championships separately more recently. Okay, because I feel like that. Beach volleyball games, I feel like you either come in first or second in every single game. <laughs> yes, that's true. There are only two options. <laughs> second so place know. is the first loser, man. <laughs> I don't know how it goes. All right. So I have one more question I want to touch on. Um, we have a question from May who says, I'm a little late to this, but maybe you can address this on Tar Pit. How do you think Michelle would do on Survivor? Oh, amazingly for entertainment's yeah. sake. Yeah. And she'd be hangry. I think she would be the chef. She would be the Keith Famey, like insistent on being the one to cook. That being said, I would not be surprised if she chopped off her finger. Mm -hmm. She also strikes me as the person who would go out exploring, looking for the hidden immunity idol early on, and then also like be gone for a really long time as she like wanders around looking around. Yeah, for the six, hidden six, immunity six idol. and a half hours elapsed as she wanders around the jungle. Right. She finds the other team's camp. Mm -hmm. And then I think gets into like some heated discussion when they ask her like where she was for all that time. Yeah, I could imagine a tribal, like a live tribal happens, like the pilots and passengers tribal, and she's just like freaking out the entire time, like Julie stylist, like, I don't know what's going on. I'm jumping ship. Abort, abort mission. Gosh. That being said, Survivor struck gold when they put on some other sisters from The Amazing Race in Natalie and yeah. Nadia, and I think they should follow suit. Mm -hmm. I would love to see Michelle and Victoria in a blood versus water season. Yeah. Look, I'm a fan of anybody that goes from Amazing Race to Survivor. 
that was going to be my exact suggestion. I would love to see them. <laughs> like that would be amazing. I, you know, how many flints would be lost? I, I, you know, I don't know. You can't count. And uh, the facial expressions really are what do it for me. They're just such entertaining television. Yeah, be great. All right. Uh, any other questions, Jess? Um, no, I think those are the highlights. I want to thank everybody that wrote in with questions. It was a lot of a lot of really good logistics things that uh, were helpful to tackle this week. Yeah, you can send us uh, your questions every week. Amazing race at Rob has a website dot com. Uh, we're getting into some secret scenes. But first, let me take a moment and thank a sponsor for this week's episode of the podcast. Those are our friends over at KiwiCo. And of course, uh, we love KiwiCo. KiwiCo is designing hands-on projects and experiences that spark wonder and discoveries. Work on all sorts of uh, different projects in the art. And you could be like Liana, get in, into science with your children uh, with these projects. Of course, the holiday season is around the corner. This holiday season may look a little bit different. There still is time to celebrate the moments of the season of curiosity and wonder and discovery. With KiwiCo hands-on science and art projects, you'll give a gift that will spark learning all year round. Remember that the most wonderful gifts are ones that spark wonder. And KiwiCo is seriously fun. And they have innovative crates that you can share your new discoveries with everyone on your holiday list this year. Uh, Jess, I know that you've done some uh, KiwiCo uh, crates. Any projects that come to mind that you've gotten to work on? Um, We had a lot of fun building they called it a glowing pendulum and it had this little light on it and a light board. And if you went into a room with the lights out, you could watch the pattern that the pendulum made as you swung it around. And this was teaching my four-year-old son about chaos theory. Wow. Ooh, and, the next yeah, Ian Malcolm. Yeah, very high concept. And I was surprised at how much we learned from this. And the best thing about the KiwiCo box is you have the experience of building the thing. And then the thing is now a toy and then you can play with the thing. And there are many projects that you can, it, that come with it. They they say you can adjust the pendulum to do different types of projects and see what happens and do experiments. And then you just make up your own games too. So mm-hmm. it really, it's not just a kit that you build once and then forget about. You can keep doing things with it. And there's a lot of really well thought out projects with KiwiCo. Yeah, my boys love them. They are easier to put together than a uh, cello that you might see on The Amazing Race. Uh, They have hands-on projects and experiences that are going to spark wonder and discoveries when a robot walks, a rocket launches, a heart beats into a stethoscope. These are magical moments that inspire a lifetime of curiosity and learning. Your child can get super cool hands-on science, art, and geography projects delivered to their door every month encourage your children to be innovators and creative thinkers it's hard to find new creative ways to keep kids busy while stretching their brain get away from all that screen time especially now with different crates for kids of all ages there's something for every kid on your list start a new holiday tradition with KiwiCo there's no commitment and you can pause or cancel anytime KiwiCo is redefining learning with hands-on projects that build confidence creativity and critical thinking skills there's something for every kid or kid at heart at KiwiCo get 50% off your first First month plus free shipping on any crate line with the promo code RHAP at kiwico.com. That's 50% of your first month at kiwico.com. Promo code RHAP. All right, Mike, 
let's talk about our secret scenes. Uh, this is a very fun segment that we get to do every week here in the Tar Pit. Well, hopefully the fun will continue. We've got, you know, really one major secret scene, but it takes place across several acts. Uh, so we built up as a running theme these past few weeks that of Gary and D'Angelo, D'Angelo has become grumpy cat consummate. This is a guy who just seems pissy at all of Phil's opportunities to make jokes at, at these tasks that he has to do. I don't know if it's some sort of freaky France day type of scenario, but the two have switched dispositions. This leg, D'Angelo Williams was freaky all of sunshine. Day. Exactly. It was all sunshine and Where's rainbows. Vince he was very, very happy. Uh, and his partner was not so much. So we're going to listen to a couple of clips. This first one is Gary and D'Angelo in the car in France. And, D'Angelo is having a field day at how seemingly miserable Gary is okay. during this drive. This is from a clip called Gary's So Mad on the Amazing Race YouTube channel. I don't know which way to go this way, so I can't help I, you at all. You got to take it in, man. You don't get this often. It's fresh air. You know, they, they have us stuffed in like airports and stuff like that. Like, when do you get an opportunity to do this, man? He's bragging about the fresh air. They're driving in a car with the windows up. <laughs> no, I think there was a little bit of a window crack. Because uh, D'Angelo Williams, like he talks about this. That'll kill like, the audio for this conversation. He, he thrives in this cold weather, apparently, as a football player. So, like, he is ready to just take in all the brisk French air. <laughs> this is good open air right here, dude. You know, when you're racing, you don't get this opportunity to take in other stuff. So I took it upon myself to take in a little bit of Paris. Paris. You're actually not in Paris. Mon ami. You're actually not in Paris. Very mon ami. So you're not taking it in Paris? Yeah, I'm taking it in. So you just follow Hung and Chi and you didn't. I, I don't want to follow Hung and Chi. So, but you can't make the decision. It's teamwork. It's a team decision. And at first we agreed to follow them and you changed it. So. That's all right. You just all mad back there. Don't be an old puffy I'm good. Uh, I just want to get there. fish back there. I just want to get there. <laughs> oh. I'm not checking like So D'Angelo Williams is now puffing out his uh, cheeks to imply that uh, he's being a puffy blowfish. <laughs> I didn't even realize that blowfish are like that belligerent of animals because blowfish do it as a defense mechanism, not like they're because pouting. they're necessarily angry. Yeah. But yeah, D'Angelo Williams, you'll hear this over the next portion. He almost pulls like a Dr. Evil where he keeps interrupting uh, Gary by just going, he <laughs> doesn't really get on his nerves. Yeah, well, this echoes the Gary that we've seen where when they're having the roof or wall dispute, mm -hmm. Gary's like, you can't argue with facts. Those are just facts. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is this is consistent with the Gary that we have come to know. Well, even this conversation where D'Angelo Williams is saying like, oh, I'm just going to enjoy Paris. I'm just going to. Uh, uh, Gary's like, well, you're not in Paris. He's like, well, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> like, well, you're not, you're not in Paris. You're not taking it in. I'm like, well, I, I, I am. <laughs> was this before or after the art before this is this no this yeah this is before the art okay. yeah because uh, basically what happened to fill this in is that so i gleaned from secret scenes that apparently the four teams on the second flight all made plans to stick together but because various teams had difficulties with the stick shift everyone sort of separated and d'angelo and gary were supposed to follow hung and chi and they didn't and gary was sort of chiding d'angelo for them daniel's like i sort of struck out on my own path and curious, like, why did you not tell me that? And D'Angelo now proceeds to call him and impersonate him as a puffy blowfish. Mm. An old puffy blowfish. 
But don't worry, he's going to keep going with it. <laughs> okay, there's more here? There's more here. Oh, there's okay. more. The oh. difference. <laughs> Gary's so mad. Oh, I'm not mad. Gary is there. so mad. You are so mad, bro. I was mad I wouldn't be talking. Stop being a little... <laughs> Bowfish. That's going to be my symbol for you, Gary. That's fine. Every time you get upset and not mad. Upset. And... If I was upset, I wouldn't talk. Now, we have now had a fade across dissolve transition. It is later in the day as uh, D'Angelo Williams is driving the car. <laughs> is it the Star Spangled Banner? I attempt to do so. Uh, yeah, but I think it's great because it like cuts between D'Angelo Williams humming the Star Spangled Banner to just Gary just pouting in the backseat having to listen to his teammate try to pull his best Whitney Houston and hum the Star Spangled Banner while they're stuck in traffic. Hard time with the watermelons, Gary. That I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have fun. That's what the Amazing Race is about. Having fun. You know, you mm-hmm. Debbie Downer back there. I'm just waiting to get you there. You blowfishing. <laughs> just waiting to get there. It's a new thing now. Gary's blowfishing. Alright, so we can stop it there because, so this is, yeah, so now D'Angelo has has figured something out, and much like a fisherman mm-hmm. hooking a blowfish, he is going to reel this in. So we go to the pit stop. Yes. And, of course, you got to know our man Phil Kogan gets involved in this. Uh, so this next clip is going to be Phil talking with D'Angelo and Gary at the mat about their day, and D'Angelo is going to try to introduce blowfishing to Phil Kogan. Mm-hmm. I tell him he always pouts and he always gets upset, but he says he doesn't, which he probably doesn't, uh-huh. but he pouts. I call him a blowfish, so this is my interpretation of Gary. Gary, let's see what the real thing is. Give me a little Mr. Blowfish. Oh, I don't have a blowfish. Gary, just I don't right, pretend to be a yeah, blowfish. Give Come him a blowfish, bro. <laughs> that's, that's it. it. That's, that's it. it. That's, that's it. it. That's exactly the same. That's it. That's it. So just to be clear, Phil Kogan makes Gary do an impression of a blowfish as well, then proceeds to say, oh, it's exactly it. Yes, D'Angelo is correct. Yes, that's kind of like a no-win situation. Once once Phil has joined in on the mockery, uh, can can Gary at that point opt out and say, "Mm, I'm not going to do it? I don't know what he's he's talking about. (laughs) Yeah, I think... I don't know. I feel like you could like very seriously say, that's too much, you're over a line. But I think you just have to, at some point, accept that you're the butt monkey of the team and let your partner and Phil team up on you. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. It's, no, it doesn't. Phil, Phil said, no, now you do an impression of a blowfish. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, he's seeing if this is accurate. We've, mm-hmm. uh, we've gotten he's a call from the Fish Justice Authority. You've been doing <laughs> terrible impressions Yeah, but D'Angelo is the same guy. <laughs> Liana, the, last week he said, I'm still mad about that. That joke is still not funny, Phil. Two years later, I didn't forget. Uh, who is this Mary D'Angelo? Oh, it's so funny. So it, it could be it one or- of those things where the first the first three times it's not funny, mm-hmm. and then somewhere around the fifth or sixth or seventh time it just becomes hilarious and never stops being funny. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, folks, there is an act three to this <laughs> because Hung and She are now on the mat. Guess what the discussion is about? And Rob, you can play this one from the top. Okay, here we go. This is a clip called No Distractions. 
have a very special treat for you. Okay. D'Angelo knows how to impersonate Gary, and it is such a good impersonation, it's hard to tell who is who. All right. D'Angelo, could you give us the impersonation? So, so Gary's a blowfish when he gets, like, upset or I piss him off. That's what he does. There's a lot of, like, polite mercy laughing from Iswar and Aparna. Like, uh, yeah, I guess that's funny. <laughs> Impersonation, that is. Now I want you to look at Gary doing the same thing. And here it is from Gary. <laughs> Twins. Can't tell the difference. Right? Oh, it's impossible. My God. I got them totally mixed up. I didn't know who was who. Uh, oh, you can right, stop so it there. Uh, so I... I, I think this is bullying. I think technically that feels just like to a bullfish. Yeah. By the way, now. the other greeter at the mat, the guy in the top hat, this is totally awkward for him also. <laughs> He's like, why are American, why are Americans so concerned about blowfish? Mm-hmm. Why that do these guy- people smell like cream? Oh my gosh, that guy was not having it. When Phil tried to pull the joke with Will and James, you can, he, like, the guy standing next to Phil is one step away from side eyeing Phil, of like, what are you trying to mm-hmm. do? Like, and Phil goes, yeah. So we've heard complaints from the cops. The guy's like, mm. <laughs> yeah, no. It's like, I'm not with him. He's, yeah. He's trying to be the D'Angelo right of like, that's not funny. <laughs> I don't that's know him. Good no, I wasn't him. here for that. I didn't see any cops. But yeah, so uh, evidently, I think we've learned that, like, give Phil, like, teach a Phil to fish. And he'll fish this joke for days. Because I love that he brought it up to Isor and Apuna. Like, I just want you all to know that there's been impressions <laughs> going around of Blowfish. And I need to embarrass Gary one more time. Yeah. But Phil's looking for anything. He's looking for a crumb here. He's on this mat for hours and hours and hours that he's like, hey, give me something to work with. I just feel terrible for Gary this week. Like, he just was a little unhappy, and both his partner and the host of the show are jumping down his throat. Yeah, see, I, I just got a call from the... Uh from the peop- from the police that handle people making fun of other people, and I think it's just over the line now, and they- they're going to come after Phil. Wow. Okay. But Gary got to see so hey. much art. <laughs> it's true, he loves art. Maybe he was just so like full of pride that he puffed up like a blowfish. Mm. <laughs> he studied detailed art. He's been to multiple different places with art, you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. Yeah, what is it? What does that? What does that mean? Like, <laughs> I would say like like a dentist's office has multiple pieces of art. Does that count? You must go to a fancy dentist. I don't know. I have a bunch of art in my house. Or like the hospital has art on its walls. <laughs> mm-hmm. Technically. Um, yeah. I also did search on Urban Dictionary Blowfish just to make sure. And it oh, is. No, pre- no, no. no. Oh, it's no. pretty. It's okay. It's okay. It is, though, uh, the act of pressing, pressing one's lips against a transparent surface, typically a glass window, to form a seal and then breathing out to expand the cheeks. The intention is to discuss or taunt someone. So it is about taunting somebody. It kind of fits. Wow. That doesn't seem hygienic. Well, not now, but, you know, this was written in 2007, okay? No blowfishing in 2020, okay? Yeah, stay away Everyone stop blowfishing. You think that's how Hootie started, that he was just taunting his bandmates? Yeah, Darius Rucker was like, on the other side of the glass. (laughs) Hey, why don't you guys stop complaining? You guys are looking real grumpy right now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your your pufferfish is. Oh, I'm gonna call you the blowfish. Hey, recording uh, sound guy, come look, come look at this guy. <laughs> I can do an. Oh, 
Okay, stop, stop hooting and come on out. Wait a minute. I just came up with the other name. You're a genius. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, Mike, uh, do you want to get further into the Amazing Race social media for this week? Yeah, let's talk about some some social media here. Uh, so there's we won't go into it in full, but I know on Reddit, uh, I believe a Parisian citizen uh, by the username of hold on, I'm just getting it now. Basically, they posted an entire voluminous list of like all the places Michelle and Victoria went to and just how bad it was of how close they ended up getting to everything. They were right there. Yeah, I mean, basically they said at the end of the... I'll read the last paragraph here uh, from this user. All of these places are extremely close to the museum, no more than a 10-minute drive away. When I watched the episode the first time, I wasn't sure if MNV had somehow gotten the scenic tour of the entire city or if they were frustratingly close and just couldn't find the right location. From rewatching, it definitely seems more like the latter. Paris is small as big cities go, but from what we can see in the episode, they were never very far from their destination. They just couldn't close the deal. Definitely an iconic end for one of my favorite teams this season. Mm. Okay. Right there. So, yeah. I think we had a straight from the real McCoy themselves that mm. there was clearly... Or it's, uh, but you, Angel Beach, is the one who provided this. But yeah, they went through all of the locations that we saw Victoria and Michelle talk to people at and essentially pieced together their own sort of like, uh, like pushpin map as to where they were. And they were never more than 10 minutes away from where they were supposed to go at any point in time. <sighs> only they had been working that map like it was their third hand whatever weird thing mike said earlier <laughs> you know you work it like stick it's your shift, third hand. Okay. <laughs> working your stick ship like it's your third hand you know, as they say listen that's that's the that's the catchphrase that all of us stickheads work on stickheads. <laughs> this is getting worse and worse mike manual men <laughs> manual don't say manual <laughs> I love that band. <laughs> yeah, right. They perform right after Hootie and the Blowfish. Mm -hmm. So here's a fun one that's a bit more visual, uh, but still very enjoyable in its own right. We have the first, I think, Amazing Race meme of this season. Oh. Just, just, do you want to explain this one a little bit? Or at least this is the first successful Amazing Race <laughs> meme of the season, because I, I, I want to say that last week's, uh, which Amazing Racer are you? And then it's four neutral expressions, mm -hmm. two of whom are on the same team. I think this is a little bit better, probably because it didn't come from the show itself. It came from the fans, mm -hmm. but it is, it's kind of a variation on, uh, the, Jason Momoa sneaking up on who is the actor that he is sneaking up on in that movie? I think it was but, with Henry Cavill, maybe. Yeah, Henry Cavill. Yeah, and and you label it something that you are expecting to happen, and then you label Jason Momoa as the thing that that you are not expecting to happen. Mm -hmm. And so this is a picture of Leo giving shade to the camera about James and Will, and then behind his head, James and Will are approaching and. <laughs> In the background is the room where the roadblock is taking place. Yeah. So the first one of these had Leo labeled my plans for the year and the room where the roadblock is as 2020 and James and Will are labeled COVID-19. Okay. So I like this. This is good. I get it. But I will say that I don't really think it makes sense. Okay. So... It was a great moment in the episode. Good idea here, but 
Leo being my plans for the year. Oh, no, here come Will and James weren't expecting them COVID-19. I think that uh, the room that he's trying that he wants to the, the task is happening is I don't think that that metaphor really holds up here that Will and James mm. showing up are not preventing the Alana 2020 from happening from getting the clue to move on to this. He's not even waiting to go in there. He's waiting for Alana to get done with the task. Oh, so, so it's, it should be less so about like something coming in to ruin something and more so like when you're caught talking crap about someone and that person shows up. Yeah, but that's literally what happened. That's <laughs> less funny. I mean, it could be about ruining it. It's mostly just about Leo and Will and James, though. You just crop out the 2020. Like my plans for 2020, COVID-19 showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, could, that could be something. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, they're just they're ruining the they're ruining the vibe. They're not ruining his plans so much as just like killing the mood. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Like I, I if, you, if you scroll down, you should see more versions of it, and maybe we can yeah. do some more yeah. reading the meme here. Like I just wonder, like if it should be like uh, <laughs> my plans for the year are uh, Michelle and Victoria. Like uh, 2020 is fill at the mat. And then, you know, COVID-19 is like uh, the six and a half hour uh, tour of Paris. But it's not like he, I mean, they, they get out of there because, because, right. So Leo is, is saying, oh, hopefully they're still stuck in the parking garage when they pop in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like COVID-19 here is like an awkward moment that comes in for a <laughs> second and then does not really hold them up that much that I feel like that we're really minimizing COVID-19. Yeah, here I think we more so James. be like it could be like Leo is like um, like me, you know, uh, chatting with my friends instead of doing homework. And then Will and James are like my mom, you know, like, <laughs> idea of like oh, I'm trying to do something. But then someone sneaks up on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a political version of this meme that I did not include um, for that very reason. It felt yeah. like it was minimizing it. OK. All right. Let's see if there's this, a better this version one's better. OK, yeah. a better version of this. All right. So in version in version number two. Uh, here, Jess, uh, can you talk us through the second version of this meme? All right. So here we have Leo is labeled D'Angelo. <laughs> okay. And the doorway is labeled really knowing Gary. And Will and James are labeled Gary's love of art. Hmm. So, okay. So this, I could see this more. Like, D'Angelo thinks he really knows Gary, but then Gary's love of art sneaks up on him when he least expects it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't expect to see you here. <laughs> Yeah, and it doesn't and really I, hold him up, right? Yeah. Maybe he learned just, something about It just Gary? shatters, yeah. It shatters his worldview. Mm, but. Yeah. And I will also say, actually, on that note, uh, Gary apparently sent a tweet out to D'Angelo this week saying, it only took you over 10 years and us doing at Amazing Race CBS for you to visit my house and see my art. We even lived in the same city for five years. Ha ha. There's our typical Gary. Ha ha. Yeah. But hey, what's the saying? You learn something new every day. You welcome. Ha ha. Hashtag art lover. Ha ha. Ha ha. But I guess I guess maybe that's Gary digging in like, well, you would have gotten to know me if you actually went to my house once in a while, Mm D'Angelo. Have you guys listened to the Cinnamon and Sugar podcast? No. No. Please give us the the book report. Oh, man. I did. I listened to. So not to get too far off track from the Mimi, but I did listen to part of the first episode, which sounds like it was recorded in a tin can. Mm -hmm. The quality did get better. But there's a host, some guy named Tom. 
So it's not just oh. Gary and D'Angelo. There's like it's Tom. Who's the with third Gary. wheel? Yeah, I, I have no idea who he is. Um, although to be fair, I didn't look that deep into it. But um, they so they have their like normal show, which is them just talking about random topics, the rambling for a while. But they have a second set of series called Serve the Story, where Gary and D'Angelo create a story one episode at a time. So it's a what? fictional it's a fictional story that they're what? making up one step at a time. So the most recent season, they're on season 9 by the way. The most recent what? season is called The Dark Side of Disney and it's about what happens once the, once the fame fades on Disney characters. It's a 12-part series. Episode 1 is about Pumbaa. So so it's about what happens from Pumbaa from The Lion King, um, where D'Angelo does the first part, and he does both the interviewer and Pumbaa's voice. And wait, is this, wait, wait, okay, wait, is this a story or is this an improv scene? It's like an improv, yeah, yeah it's like an improv scene, very much, but, but like, D'Angelo does the first part and plays both characters, and then all of a sudden Gary takes over and does Pumbaa's <laughs> part, which, I don't know if you guys know, Dark Side of Disney, Pumbaa spent all his money and turned to selling drugs. <laughs> That was the story. So how many of these 12 characters actually just, you know, turned to the dark side and started selling drugs? Is that the story with all of them? I just imagine that it's sort of like Michael Scott is to pulling out a gun as Gary started turning to selling drugs. It's like there was no intro. It was was horrible. (laughs) There was no intro. And it was like the ramblings of people with too much time on their hands. It was hilarious. I'm so in. They're only like eight minutes long to serve the stories. So, okay. Well, uh, brevity is the soul. Anyway, there's plenty Uh, of content. Yeah. If you want to make a game out of that at one point in time. Oh, my God. So they just decide to talk about topics. They're like, we're going to create a long-running series yeah. of improv scenes. <laughs> yeah, it's a story, like a fictional story that Gary mm. and D'Angelo will tell you. So anyway. I feel, like, I feel like it's okay to give our unvarnished opinion of this kind of thing, because I think of all of the... Of all of the racers, I think Gary and D'Angelo are the least likely to actually be listening to this podcast. I was shocked by it. I Maybe was they not want like p- p- pointers on better recording the audio better. Well, I don't know. Gary's pretty pointy himself. He is a pufferfish, after all. <laughs> they did get better. The quality does get better with time. But yeah, and then some of the other random topics they cover. It seems like Gary's investment plan is collectors' editions of PS4s and LeBron trading cards. It's, it's a really <laughs> interesting Gary. experience. Gary's going to be living out of a box in like two years. <laughs> with that is Gary a hoarder? He could be. They tell a story about how um, D'Angelo asked for to because I guess like he had an extra one, and then D'Angelo went to Gary's house, and Gary had just like boxes and boxes of PS4s. What is he doing? Mm-hmm. I can tell you, it's he. But it's the collector's edition, so he's got the God of but War like, one. He's got, well, yeah, it's art. It's, it's no, that's oh yeah. Art. You know what? Maybe yeah. that's actually it's just Gary nails various PS4s to his wall, and that's his gallery. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway. This is an Overwatch 2019. <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting. Wouldn't that void the warranty on those things? I, I'm very concerned about this, considering that the PlayStation 5 just came out. Like, there is a, a very 
small shelf life on, on PS4. These are not investment options, <laughs> Okay, people. It's like you just drove it off the lot. If we do the meme, it's like Gary is Leo, and then it's like <laughs> PS4 as investment, and then financial crisis, or PS5 no, is... No, PS5 yeah. is uh, yeah. Will and James. Will and James. Yeah. They just came in and ruined yeah. it. Yeah, and, yeah, like investments yeah. is the party. And the pit stop is like Gary's bank account. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's essentially. Yeah, so that's essentially saying like if Gary was like, "All right, I got all my money invested in beepers. Yeah. So as long as phones don't take off, I should be good. <laughs> I'll be fine. I'll we'll always need them." <laughs> Gary's financial future is the pit stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, an- another one is so uh, Leo is uh, Timon and Pumbaa. And then uh, the pit stop is like their own successful uh, Disney film. And then Will and James are uh, drug dealing. Yeah. Like they've come in and just completely disrupted it. I hope Gary doesn't get any ideas from these Disney characters if and when his cash runs short that he doesn't turn the same way Pumbaa did down that dark, dark alley. <laughs> breaking Bad sure. Breaking Bad, Breaking Barnage. <laughs> yeah, but instead of uh, like cancer treatments, Pumbaa spent all his money on the largest watering hole, an elephant, <laughs> because elephants are apparently very expensive. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, D'Angelo and Gary also bringing big uh, Timon and Pumbaa vibes to the Amazing Race as well. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good comparison. That's probably why that they started with that character, because they're like, why, if you're going to do a whole thing on Disney, yeah. why are you starting with Pumbaa? <laughs> but now, now it makes sense. And then third co-host, Tom, is the Simba of this yeah. relationship. So there's yeah. just this montage of him getting, they took him in as a young boy, and now he's like this awkward Matthew Brown. Roderick teenager. (laughs) (laughs) Hakuna Mapata. Okay. All right. Um, uh, All right. So anything else? (laughs) Yeah. So I, so the, the meme, let's see if we can get some more utility out of it moving forward, but we we have a couple of, uh, let's finish the social media segment off with some Leo Folsom tweets, tweets, baby tweets, Leo tweets. Uh, So Leo Let's start with the with Leo making direct callouts to us. So Leo responded to our podcast last week saying, love this pod. And for the record, we love hashtag Brenchel. Iconic team wears their hearts on their sleeves and never gives up. Big part of why we asked to be green team, mm-hmm. green heart, nerd face emoji. So just, I guess I didn't really realize this because I know that production determines the wardrobes that they wear. Can you make a request as to what your team color can be? Yeah, you can request a color and you don't have to actually, or at least it used to be that you didn't have to actually take the color that they assigned you. You could just wear regular clothes. But I think anymore, it's like, no, you have to wear a color and this is going to be your color. And I think you can tell them a few choices and then they will they will tell you if you're allowed to have that color. Um. Can we also just stop down on uh, Amazing Racer uh, Rachel Riley uh, this week yeah. uh, making news? Oh, of yes. Course. Congratulations to uh, Brendan and Rachel on Yay. their the birth of uh, their uh, baby boy, uh, baby number two uh, this week. But Liana, did you catch that uh, Rachel Riley made some news on uh, her way to give birth as she did some cameos on the way to the hospital? 
Yes. Like this could only be Rachel. I saw. I saw the video. I was like, no way. That's. Do you want to hear them? Do you want to hear this? Yeah. It looks like you know what I realized, Leon. I think in retrospect, we should have asked very quickly for our our Renap cameo to be Rachel Riley in labor (laughs) on the way to the hospital. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Of course, as a three-time Amazing Racer, she's used to uh, racing around town, but here she is uh, in labor. On the way to the hospital, I believe she did two cameos, uh, which uh, made some headlines on social media. Here's our our friend Rachel. Hey, Carrie Lou, um, your husband Scott told me that you are celebrating your anniversary, and I just wanted to say happy anniversary. Um, you should definitely tell him nobody comes in between me and my anniversary, or the loaders grab a life fast because it's my anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, 20 years is so amazing. I'm sorry that I'm in the car. I'm actually um, probably going to have a baby soon. So very exciting (laughs) stuff. But um, I wanted to tell you guys and wish you a very happy, happy anniversary. I know that it's November 11th, which you'll probably see this today. Um, And maybe our baby will have the same birthday as your anniversary. So it's a good luck charm. Um, And thank you so much for um, being a huge fan of Brunchel. Um, (laughs) I know that Scott said he will never forget that your long talk, your very first talk in the Honda car, just like me and Buki's first talk in our hammock. <laughs> um, but seriously. Boy, Rachel is committed to doing these cameos. She's so casual about the whole thing. I just like how she compares it to her own experience. Like, yes, this fond moment of you talking with him in the Honda car, like when Brendan and I spoke not in a car whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But in the a Honda car? Yeah. So. It both began with an H. Uh, I just, I, but I also love Rachel's oh so subtle slide into. Yeah, by the way, I'm sorry I'm in the car. Um, I'm on the way to push a human outside outside <laughs> of myself. But so, happy anniversary! As far as epic cameos, how does this compare to Mark McGrath getting paid to break up with someone? <laughs> it's like the opposite of that. It's the circle of life. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, the circle the of life. Yeah. Okay, the circle of drugs that go through the system and come back out. Angelo and Gary know all about that. Yeah, I, but I, it's interesting. I'd actually, it's almost like the opposite of Mark McGrath, right? Like it would be comparable if Mark McGrath was wishing someone an anniversary while he was breaking up with somebody. Uh, you know, in real life, right now Rachel is going through something on her own, but is making cameos all the while, like nothing is different. She's like a duck paddling furiously underneath, but is nice and calm cameo giving on top. <laughs> I th- I think though in that um, that cameo from Mark McGrath, I think he said something about oh well relation. He said something about his own relationship though, so it was sort of similar to that. I think it's good luck to get a cameo from someone who's giving birth on your anniversary, right? Isn't that yeah? Sign of good luck. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a once in a lifetime thing. It's like, oh yeah, winning the lottery is really good luck because it never will never happen to you ever. I suppose so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Unless you're, I don't know, are people going to scout out pregnant people on Cameo now and see if you can get them in on their way to the hospital? (laughs) Get that timing right. Have good luck for yeah seven years. I mean, also, like, just it's just the commitment from Rachel. Like, uh, like I, I'm on the cameo, and there's sometimes it's like, yeah, I haven't taken a shower in a day. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I might not be able to fulfill this one. Uh, I, I just can't believe the commitment. I mean, th- that's why I think Rachel Riley actually should get on Survivor. Like, if she's gonna make cameos 
while pregnant on the way to the hospital. I think she can make it through 39 days, personally. I know it's not exactly a jump from A to B, but it feels like it's sort of on that path. Mm-hmm. She's a hustler. That's the uh, tribe she'd be on. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, hustlers versus Hondas versus Hammock. <laughs> <laughs> Love that season. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So the the other uh, Leo tweet that actually we got added about specifically you, Rob. Yeah. Let's talk about some good or bad polling on Leo's account here. Yeah, well, I would like to talk about uh, good use of polling, uh, bad use of polling. So, uh, Leo, and my question is. Yeah. Before we get into this, I really want to ask if we should be if we should be making a habit of allowing the racers to pander to us in this manner. Of course. Listen, we're not, I don't care if you smell like cream. I'm not turning you away if you slide into my DMs. This is Pander Express around here. Oh my yeah, God, you're I right. Love their orange chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn. Okay. All right. Uh, by the way, that uh, uh, let me do a a, a pander back. Uh, Leo Folsom sitting at 999 followers. Oh. Unless he's got oh. like some sort of a uh, phobia about four digit numbers, maybe he just deletes people if they end up getting close to uh, putting. Them I don't over know. He's been dealing with a lot of trolls, so maybe he has gotten into a habit of like following someone, thinking they're innocuous enough, and then immediately deleting them when they just troll him mercilessly. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, uh, Mike, uh, I'm trying to f- uh, find the tweet of uh, the. Uh, so, this, so this was all the way back in. Uh, I'll pop it into the chat, but this was all the way actually back from the night of the episode. Leo put out a poll, essentially asking about the whole Will and James uh, yes, situation yes, okay. where he where he helped with the um with the with the stick shift. Where basically he said, "What would you have done? Honk, help." Or Sabotage, yes. which is the best three-way detour name I could ever imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so, yeah, I was uh, critical over the poll choices uh, last week. Uh, Leo here, I think, uh, really nails it. Uh, doesn't get the HHH uh, like Mike Bloom was able to do only a moment ago. Honk, help, or sabotage. Uh, Liana, could this be a new uh, ding Mary kill? Yeah, I mean, I prefer honk help hammock, but I guess if we are going to have to go with one. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know. Wait, are we definitely the kill? <laughs> yeah. Are we using honk in a euphemistic way yeah. then? Like yes, bleep? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. It's like ding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's sure. in the oh, same yeah. order honk help. Yeah. Or like, sabotage. oh, you're totally honkable. Yeah. Uh, can we do uh, Gary, D'Angelo, and Tom? Would you uh, honk help or sabotage? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean,. Gary's got that pufferfish size, yeah, so I think that's honkable. Well, you, I was going to say, you can imagine honking a, a blowfish. But yeah. if you help him, you do get to marry into a house of yeah. fine art, as opposed to, I don't know what's in D'Angelo's yes, place for residence. Yeah. Honk D'Angelo, uh, help yep. Gary, sabotage Tom. <laughs> yeah, yep, I agree. Definitely. I think that's the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, good job here by Leo, who 38.5% of his followers say help in that spot. Mm-hmm. Um uh, honk, helper, sabotage, the three tasks they had to do in the carnival game roadblock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, good good job there by Leo. Uh, we never ended up figuring out, though, uh, Liana, could you come up with uh, what the Amazing Race emoji should be? Ooh, yeah. I remember when you guys were thinking about that. I mean, it's challenging because it's like, you, is it not the globe? Right? Like, Yeah, that's what, that's what Leo has. Yeah. I, that, so, it's just... So when did Leo get it on the ground floor? Do they have to now get it from Leo? (laughs) Glow? He's copyrighted it. Yeah, exactly. No, in the meme, Leo is CBS. Uh, The party is an amazing race emoji. And Leo is, and the Will and James are Leo with the globe emoji. (laughs) Wow. 
it's getting so meta. <laughs> but here's a question relating to emojis. Yes. I want to know how we feel about this. Uh, one of the things that the racers are doing this year uh, is I this was be they about the have emoji movie. I love that. Movie. I'm not a fan of the emoji <laughs> movie, Rob. So we're not going to talk about that. You. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Well, can't dig us an even bigger <laughs> hole. I think it's I think just we're well as deep as we can go. So. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I heard that you that the writing staff only worked on that for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So understandable. Anyway, yeah, something the racers are doing this year is each of them has their team color, and so they will post heart emojis in their team color ah, to signify. Yeah. And so you can like they'll shoot a they'll shoot a team they'll shoot an, a heart at another team in their team color or to signify a partnership there will be like a green heart and a purple heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay, gotcha. So it's not like so if it's right. a partnership between Leo and Alana and Will and James, it's a green heart and a purple. heart. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. Uh, so Michelle and Victoria, they have uh, they are the uh, black wardrobe team. They had a black heart on Twitter, so they're going by the color. Smart. I like it. Do they have all the colors that are necessary? Well, yeah, let's we can sort of go through them as we sort of segue actually into our next wardrobe base activity here. Because we have the Volley Bros are like neon yellow, yellow yeah. mm-hmm. Hung and Sheer yeah. dark red. Uh, yep. Kaylin and Haley are pink. Leo and Alana are green. Will and James are purple. Gary and D'Angelo, I guess, are sort of powder blue, but I feel like it's been a while since we've seen them in those colors. Hmm. And then mm-hmm. Aparna and Iswar are also red. They're like burgundy, burgundy I yeah. think. Burgundy? Oh, so I'll have to probably share one. Hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the what the pantones heart. are on the on the emoji <laughs> hearts. <laughs> We're gonna get shafted or or stick shifted. <laughs> like a third hand. Like a, like a third, like hand. third hand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So Mike, uh you wanna set up what our, our game is here today? Look, we have Liana Borison. I can't help but but you know relent into some B and B habits here, and we gotta take a dive. We've been talking some wardrobe a bit, but I think it's time that we break down some wardrobe choices. And on the B and B, Liana like to play a game called Buffer Snuff, which is like a thumbs up or a thumbs down. The Amazing Race version I like to call Race It or Erase It. So basically how this works is we're going to review various fashion choices that Amazing Racers have worn, and you're either going to race it, give a thumbs up, or erase it, give a thumbs down. And if people want to follow along with this, they can go to bit.ly slash buffersnuff, T-A-R-32. Okay. That's where all the pictures are. Maybe give that out one more time. Bit.ly slash buffersnuff, T-A-R-32. Okay. We don't want to honk help or sabotage these. Uh, yeah, but I mean, listen, they're all honkable. Look, everyone's honking right now. It's a parade of geese going on. But... I don't think we should condone that, but make sure... As long as you're honk... Yeah, as long as you're honking safely, okay? Okay. And ask for consent. Okay. All, all right. right. So let's let's start here with... Let's actually click, stick with Leo and Alana, because this has been noticed a couple times, but it was pointed out on the mat during one of the secret scenes this episode. Leo and Alana are sporting matching tights that they've been wearing throughout the race here. And I guess particularly with Leo, Leo is sort of wearing like a Peter Pan-esque dark green version of the tights. Liana, race or erase Leo and Alana's use of tights on the race? Well, I think you got to go for performance here, right? And these look very aerodynamic. So I can imagine that that would help increase the speed. Um, Do you know know, that they're tights? Could they be Spanx? Uh, maybe. I don't think so. They look like, t- hmm. I mean, they, they're probably pretty lightweight. 
right? Yeah. That's advantageous. Mm -hmm. Wait, so you're saying it might help with speed. So if one of us happens to, I don't know, <laughs> be put into a race with another podcaster <laughs> in the race. next year, that I should be wearing tights? Yes. <laughs> you may want to consider it, yes. Mm -hmm. Huh. They're plain black, uh, so you could have multiple pairs, right, and, and switch them out. I, I would be interested to know what material they're made out of. Are they breathable? Mm. Hmm. I think they improve circulation. Like compression size. Like, yeah, like any host? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, NFL players, like, uh, work out in these. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess, yeah. I mean, you do take a lot of flights. You don't want any varicose veins or any, mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, possible clotting of, of blood clots causing death on all these long flights. Yeah. So maybe this helps with the compression of the legs and knees. Well, that's D'Angelo mm -hmm. and Gary. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to know what happened to the tragedy of uh, Aladdin and Jasmine when they got on the carpet and they flew too high without their compression socks. Oh my god, Mike, episode two is about the genie. I didn't listen, oh, no. but you might be on. Well, let's to see something. how many drugs he sold. Yeah, I think that actually is a Lord. sad story about the genie. Yeah, that's that's very true. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna give the thumbs up to this as well. I think Leo pulls them off. Admittedly, it's a weird look. Like, I do not want to go into the area of, of you know genderizing and normalizing certain pieces of clothing for certain genders. It is a little odd to see Leo, for example, fully sprint to Will and James just in his tights. It almost seems like he got woken up in the middle of the night and he was like in his long john. Uh, but I, I, I think it works here. Complete with butt flap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like it. I like this strategy. I wonder if yeah. it helped him. Yeah, I didn't even notice it. I thought you were going to talk about his fanny pack uh, that That's we were looking at. Because the well, they can't do anything about that. Yeah. They're given. Yes, uh, but I did notice that when they were in the pastry chef outfit that uh, Leo, it seemed like one of the few people that had the fanny pack outside of the uh, chef's outfit for still for oh, easy no, now access. His, now his fanny pack is going to smell like cream. Yes, yes. Okay, all right. Yeah. And you know, they don't get to keep that. They have to give it back. At the oh, end. Or a ripoff. Yeah. Okay. All right. I honk it. this. Yeah, yeah. I, I honk it. <laughs> honk it. All right. We're gonna honk. I... <laughs> oh, and then people I were not were not annoyed enough by the hung scream we did a couple of weeks ago. Let's just play a car honking <laughs> noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want <laughs> you want hung? <laughs> yeah. Um, I know. So I don't know what the Amazing Race version of the wand off would be, but Puya came up with an idea. It's don't you wish your husband was hung like chi? <laughs> the, by oh, the pussy Lord. candles or whatever the Amazing Race version doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I mean it does make sense, but maybe in a different way. Okay. Lots of honking going on in that household. Uh, all right, let's let's move on to the next one here. And we're going to go into a noticeable hat category. Let's start with Will and James, who have their own, like, a lot of teams are doing matching hats this season, which I think is very cute. But they have their own sort of, like, Sherpa hats going on with the poof ball on top. Jess, what do you think about these? Well, I, I want to ask a question here because I know that Will and James are established as the purple team. Are you allowed to also request a coordinating color? Like, are you allowed mm. to have a whole color scheme? Because they have they also have the matching teal jackets like they're on the Florida Marlins or something. Mm. Yeah, I wonder if it's, and then, it's sort of like, a, you know, on Survivor when like I know when Tim Bira was in black, for instance, they didn't all have to wear black. They could wear like green or purple. So it's sort of like darker colors associated with right. it. Right. 
Like you get the cool colors and the other team gets the warm colors. And I see to that point, then these matching hats now have a little bit of purple accent, but then they're also using like a navy and a pink and a burgundy that matches their backpack. So I'm going to go ahead and buff this because, or race this mm-hmm. or honk this. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm, I'm positive verbing yes. this yep. because it's really, it is an ensemble. And I think the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah. So I think uh, Hung and Chi would never approve uh, these hats because uh, the pom-pom at the top of the hats uh, serves no function and is just taking up room in the backpack. (laughs) Exactly. It really is sort of like the vestigial limb of the hat. Yes. Hung and Chi, no way they would sign off on this. Well, we'll we'll get to that later on, actually, because their minimalist ways do pay off in, in a bit of time. Uh, but Liana, what do you think about the hats? Yeah, are I, you and Puya going to get these matching hats? I mean, obviously, these are the most adorable. I love these. But are they aerodynamic? Which now I'm realizing no. is apparently my criteria. The little puffballs are going to get in the way. I think yeah, for the make color sure Puya wears a hat like this in the race. Okay. Yes, it will yeah. definitely. So I can be. I'll just sleep by in my light in my lycra tights. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I love the little beads, or I don't know if they're beads, but on the part that hangs down, those are really those are really cute. So super cute, but I don't know if they're efficient for the race. Um, I think I'm probably gonna help these because I personally love them. But you know, what if they're a liability? Yeah. I'd also, what what is this suitcase? This is bomb.com. This is so cute. So this is going to come in. This is a preview of the next episode where they have to find a suitcase at the Berlin Wall. Oh, oh. boy. But- I have a lot of questions about next week, but I think we should save yeah. them for next week. They're like uh, James Bond caper going on uh, next week's episode. Well, listen, they're lucky they didn't cordon off the, the block and detonate the suspicious. Packet. I mean, at this point, we're, we're still waiting with bated breath on anything. James Bond. This is the closest we're going to get to it for the next like six months. Yeah. I will say I am out on the hat. I will sabotage uh, the hat. Uh, this is not an adult hat. Uh, this is like a hat <laughs> a child uh, would wear, like uh, like the little brother in the Christmas story. Uh, yeah, this very much is like, uh, what was that kid's name? It wasn't Ralphie. It was Randy. <laughs> Randy, exactly. Like, this is something you would get when you couldn't put your arms down to do the, yeah. do the roadblock. This is, this is... I mean, my, my kid has one of these hats. So. Yeah. This is a hat a kid that licks a telephone pole wears that I... <laughs> That that's is- the ro- that's that's the roadblock who's got their tongue in the game. Mm-hmm. Your- I, I want a whole I want an entire Christmas story theme when they go to like Ohio in Amazing Race <laughs> Family Edition two <laughs> mm-hmm. or wherever the Christmas story house is. Yeah. Oh my okay. gosh! In the suitcase is a leg lamp. That's really <laughs> <laughs> that's what they had to find. You won a major award. It's not a million dollars. It's a leg lamp. Yeah. I don't know. They're cute. This roadblock is called uh, whose ego is fragile. <laughs> oh fudge yes. yeah your option is shoot your eye out or... <laughs> <laughs> okay all right all, we can all right let's move on to the day. next right. the next set of hats here let's move on to victoria and michelle also went the pom-pom route but i know jess you wanted to talk about michelle's choice of pom-poms in particular she has dual pom-poms yeah. on this hat she looks like you know an adorable bear yeah like cat ears Yeah, and I, I think this hat, I don't know if I would want this hat on the race mm-hmm. because it sure seems like there's a lot of room to get tripped up by that many pom-poms. But in the world, I think this is definitely a honk. Mm-hmm. 
they looked so cute and so well put together on the race. They like they brought makeup. Like she had contour on. I was yeah. so impressed. I don't know if Hung and Chi would necessarily approve of this, but they looked fabulous. The black, very sleek, very apéry. Mm-hmm. So I think the whole thing just works. Work. Yep. Yeah, they, I think they were they were well they were excited about like they spoke flu, flu, flu in French. They're like this is our leg. So I think they really like got themselves dressed up and ready to go and then they spent six and a half hours in the car Aww. driving yeah. to across the same place 15 times. Well, in hindsight though, with the hat sort of like uh evocative of cat ears and smelling like cream, do you think that perhaps even scared more people off that they thought they were some sort of like uh half human, half feline hybrids? Yeah, smelling, smelling meech, smelling meech. What are they feeding you? No, come through, old Deuteronomy. Let's go. No, take your wedding ring off. <laughs> I needed one of those people with the directions to shoot a laser pointer at the museum. Yeah. <laughs> and then they They're like, oh, I do not want to help these cat person. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right, so let's, let's move on from this one, and let's actually go back a step. Hung and Chi, I don't know if you noticed this, folks. They have opted for the golf Pfizers this mm, season. Yes, yes. Okay, this is, no, this is what I'm imagining happening, is they're like, no, 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 we can't have the full fabric over the head, too heavy, like, yes. get rid of it, we're going Pfizer Did you think, did you think these are self-created, that they took a hat and <laughs> cut out <laughs> the top to miss the hat? Too much weight. <laughs> It. Yeah, like it's it doubles. You have the Gulfizer and you also have a Yamaka to use in case you run into any <laughs> two sticky situations. Yeah, I love this. This is great. <laughs> what if this is like the zip off shorts of hats? <laughs> like, could you put the top of the hat on if you needed it? Yeah, in colder weather where you don't want the top of your head like susceptible. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fabulous. Yeah, I love it. And yeah, I, I do think we need the tearaway hat. <laughs> <laughs> You know, for if you if you're getting especially honky and you just want to like <laughs> rip it off, Magic Mike style. Yeah, I think that was in my bachelorette party. We had some, <laughs> something very. <laughs> Take it off! Take off the top of your hat. Yeah, yeah. My hat's going topless today. Yeah. So does this count as a noticeable hat if it's not really a whole hat? Is a visor I mean, a hat? I think, I think so. I I think a visor. I think the brim is what constitutes it as a hat. Mm-hmm. So I think if you take away the brim, then it's just a headband, and I wouldn't count it as a hat. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. What is a hat? Put out a poll. Leo, get on it. <laughs> <laughs> Leo, you're our, you're our polling center. It's an important question we need answered. Okay. But I think, I think Hung and Chi pulled it off. This is also like, for Chi in particular, this is a very much like dad look, right? The visor. Mm-hmm. So I think, and I, I think he got, Hung got it out of uh, solidarity. Yeah. I mean, maybe this is their magic and fairy dust. It's the, it's mm. the visors. Yeah, they're like, they got blessed by the magical visors that have given them so much power on the race. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you trade your power for the top of your hat. Yeah. Is that, is that going to be Gary and D'Angelo's next big story? <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. But that's, that's a different type of magic and fairy dust. That's angel dust. Oh, no. <laughs> or Pumbaa. Boy, this took a dark turn. <laughs> yeah. I like a good visor. I'm in. <laughs> All right, let's oh, move yeah. on here. Rob, I apologize in Yikes. advance. Oh. We're going to go back to Colombia and we got to talk about a bit about the clown getup that they some people ran in for the rest of the second leg. This is Haley's 
or yeah, I believe this was Haley, not Kaylin. Uh, but what what do we think on the, on like the clownish level of garish outfits? Does this measure up in your opinion? So so first of all, before we talk about this, I like I don't put I didn't put together a definitive ranking of these, but maybe Mike and Rob, you guys can do this at some point for the Amazing Race ranking. But the creepiest clown in the clown task was by far the guy on stilts with the fan. Like it was it, hands down. Um, so I just needed to to state that because of the way that he delivered the little punch card. That was that was super creepy. Hmm. This clown, on the other hand much less yeah. creepy compared to the I clowns this week uh yes. the well to, yeah to be fair this is not a professional clown this is a clown in person no but even then <laughs> the, uh. Uh, the even then is that appropriate yes, the people in <gasps> colombia were much less creepy than the french clowns i think i need to see more of the pants i feel like i could really be a fa- they look super comfortable they look mm-hmm. baggy yeah, they look like harem pants. Yeah, mm. stretchy waist. I love that part. Um, the hat on top of the hat, or the hat on top of the helmet, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, no puff ball here, but probably would get in the way. I don't know if you can cut the top off the helmet. It'll probably make it pretty inefficient. Yeah, yeah I was trying. So I was looking through the pictures of it's this true. task, and I had forgotten that there was an entire hat on top of the helmet. I think they, this is where they might have hid the GoPro. Yeah. Because I think they did a POV oh. shot of them walking the tightrope, so this was sort of like a way to hide it, Homer Simpson style, and on a giant hat. But it is a weird sort of literal hat on hat going on right now. Mm-hmm. Yo, dog, I heard you like hats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so we put a hat on your hat. Nope. I, the, <laughs> they colored in her eyebrows, too. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. Wait, what do you think, Liana, as our resident drag race makeup expert? Like, what, how's the beat looking right now? Uh, blending, blending, blending. <laughs> but otherwise, <laughs> yes, gorgeous. It's good. Yeah. Good use of clowning here. <laughs> as opposed to bad use I of guess, clowning. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, by definition, we have to honk this because mm-hmm. it's a clown. <laughs> so... <laughs> wait wait but you're honking it but rob would not honk it no i, well, I said like, it for a clown yeah oh for a clown for a yeah, cl- yeah okay <laughs> you know for, for a clown it's very honk yeah. it's a scale it's a it's a it's a grading scale I don't know if right I have a like clown a horn though well that's what i was gonna say it's a <laughs> it's a honk but from a tiny car mm-hmm. like a suit like yeah. you know a clown car let's see clown clown horn <laughs> Clown horn. Yeah, clown yeah. horn. We... That's that initial name of Hootie and the Blowfish before they found their new name. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Like... That should be the new the new noise they play whenever somebody screws something up on the Amazing Grace. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right. Uh, and and finally. You, you brought this up, but we have to talk about the pit stop greeter because we forgot to mention before that essentially Mr. Monopoly greeted the teams at the end of leg five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was this guy supposed to be? I don't know. The mayor of Paris? I think he's supposed to be uh, Frankenstein in Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> the human version of Mr. Peanut. <laughs> <laughs> or Baby Peanut. <laughs> no. Would somebody explain to me the difference between a black tie occasion and a white tie occasion? Mm, I think white tie is even more formal. never known. A white tie. Is the, I've never the known. top hat a requirement as well? Hmm. Top hat and tails, I think. Mm. And if the top hat doesn't have a brim, if it's just like a stovepipe, is it a hat? What we can't see, we can't see into the top of that hat. To be fair, yeah, what, yeah, what could be hollow? What is a top hat without the brim? Just like a, <laughs> just like a, a cylinder like the, on your head? <laughs> yeah, like it's what they wore for the pie making. 
Oh, but that's a chef's. Oh, that doesn't have a. That's a hat, though, Mike, and that doesn't have a brim. Oh, that's actually very true. Yeah, and Phil's wearing a hat with no brim. Mm, need, how about it needs a a brim and or some covering hmm. over the top? <laughs> Is an umbrella a hat? Yeah, you're just adding mm-hmm. rules. I mean, you people can wear umbrellas. Only as hats. an umbrella hat. Yeah, <laughs> specifically. I mean, it's a classic formal look for this guy. I just feel bad that, like, I feel bad for the racers that they're wearing, like, tights and things smelling like curds and whey, and they're greeted by this, like, tie and tails man. Yeah, to, to tell, overdressed like, for this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You feel like you underdressed and you didn't get the memo for the dress code for this. Yeah, I think he's a little overdressed for the Amazing Race Man. Oh, you think he... Yeah, read yeah. the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's disappointing that he's not doing magic tricks when they show up. Now. <laughs> what if he did and we didn't see it? I mean, we can't see well, him from the waist down. Maybe he is wearing tights. We yeah. don't know. Could be wearing clown pants. Oh, I thought that we were doing the mat on Zoom. <laughs> 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 yeah, the camera pans down where his kid walks into frame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm on mute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Phil, you're on mute. Can you unpause? Yeah, you have to hear what Gary's pufferfish <laughs> thing is <laughs> like. Guys, Gary, do here. the thing. Do the thing again. Yeah, I'm going to dial Gary in. Did Gary get the link? Yeah. He needs to come in Everybody here. Get here. I got a call from the Zoom police. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, so, yeah, so I think we get this one a, a clown horn honk, uh, and that's that's all I've got for now. I think you know we've seen some interesting wardrobe changes. Let's see it continue. We've we've seen them in both hot weather and cold weather as well. So I think we've sort of run the gamut as to what we're going to see from these people for the race, especially Hung and Chi, who, as they have said have literally nothing else to wear for this season. They only pack so much. Mm. Okay. Gotta go fast. <laughs> I mean, it's nice that they got a that they got a shout out in Buffer Snuff when they have so few clothes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mike, you also uh, had one other tweet from D'Angelo that you skipped about how... Oh, uh, yeah. His, Wait, so, uh, his bread yes. choice... Yeah, so just put this one in because D'Angelo Williams likes to just have musings on life as well as the amazing race. Like he's had opinions on candy corn in the past. This week, his food choice is he says he tweeted, I mean this in the most respectful way, respectful way possible. There is no bread made in the world that is better than Hawaiian sweet roll bread. Parentheses. This is not an ad. It's facts. And he followed up with the change my mind meme. Hmm. Could Riley and Madison get their hands on some for him? Maybe they're there is source. Hmm. Yeah, maybe that's why they're in an alliance together. It's like, <laughs> listen, I'll get you some bread if you don't U-turn me. I mean, maybe he did learn something from Gary. He was like, it's facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Hawaiian sweet roll bread. If you consume enough of those, you'll turn into a pufferfish sooner or later. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little worried about these guys and their diet because D'Angelo goes off about candy corn for two solid weeks. And then his favorite bread is Hawaiian sweet roll bread. And his podcast is called Cinnamon and Sugar. Mm-hmm. Like, has he checked his insulin levels? Too much carbs. <laughs> yeah, a little bit too much for, for Gary. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, anything else about the Amazing Race this week? Five weeks in. Well, I want to. Well, I would throw. I want to throw it to Jess here because I think she has like a little last minute game. Oh, that I can think of, could round things up yeah. here. We're gonna we're gonna close out with uh, because Liana is here, and this is kind of we are we are just a bottomless, sticky black pit, and not a pleasant place to check in and have breakfast. But we thought it really wouldn't be a trip to the B and B without some Mad Libs. So I have created some Mad Libs mm-hmm. here, and I'm just gonna throw it to all of you to help me out with uh, 
with my parts of speech here, and I've just basically ripped this directly from Phil's introduction to the episode. Okay. Ooh, so, okay, fabulous. All right. All right, here we go. I need a number. Diana? 69! Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I come don't... on, I'm serving that up. You're I'm like, lobbing it to line, you, Liana. <laughs> do the thing. It, See. Do the thing. Why are we bringing yeah, you on here if you're not going to say here, the come line? Here, go watch this. <laughs> you got to hear this. Liana's <laughs> going to do the thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 29-year-old with a PhD. Come mm-hmm. here. She's going to say 69. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, I thought that was why we invited you here in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's true. Okay, give me a city name. Uh, Cleveland. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, one of the Name one of the teams. Uh, Will and James. Okay. And give me another team name. Uh, Iswar Anaparna. Okay. And I need a, another number. 420. <laughs> 420. Kumba knows something yep. about that. Yeah. Apparently. Uh, give me another team name. Uh, well, it's got to be uh, uh, Leo and Alana, right? So hoping for that rivalry yep. to show up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And adjective? Ooh, uh, let's go Sus- with depressed. Okay, and a noun? Criminal Minds. <laughs> oh, no. It wouldn't be All an right, Amazing Race now. podcast without a Criminal Minds reference. That's a fair point. We haven't gotten there. Okay, I need an ordinal number. Hmm. Ordinal? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, what would that be? Okay. Just for, that, for the listeners? That, you know, yeah, for the first, listeners, second, of course. third, 25th. Hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, let's go with fifth. Okay. All right. I need another team. Hung and Chi. And a past tense verb. Hung. Oh. Pied. Like hit with a pie. Pie. Yes. Okay. Very good. Pie pie. (laughs) A team name? Gary and D'Angelo. Okay. And a verb? Slip. Okay. Number? Uh, 1,256. Very good, yes. All right, and one more team name? Riley Madison. Okay. And the name of a country? Uh, Uzbekistan. Okay. <laughs> and their famous city Very of... Very good, Mike. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, a method of transportation? Tuk Tuk. Oh. Okay, number. 2020. Okay, uh, body of water. Oh, uh, Salt Lake. Okay, and a s- another city name. Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> okay, adjective. Oh, uh, poor. Okay, uh, plural noun. Hot dogs. Uh, landmark. Uh, Taj Mahal. Okay. And one more number. Negative. Two. Oh. <laughs> Negative. I like Negative this. Two. Negative, Negative two. <laughs> Negative two. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Previously on The Amazing Race. 69 teams raced to Cleveland. 
After surviving a U-turn, Will and James confronted Ishwar and Aparna. At the roadblock, the Alliance of 420 continued to work together. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Is that Riley and Madison? Leo and Alana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leo and Alana's depressed criminal minds at the detour gave them their fifth win of the season. Oh, good job. Meanwhile, I think that is the power of Spencer Reed. It's mm-hmm. episode four also. Yeah, that's... that's really impressive. Yeah. And they got that Matthew Gray Goobler energy. Meanwhile, Hung and Chi pied, and last place Gary and D'Angelo found a reason to slip. 1,256 teams remain. <laughs> Who will be eliminated next? <laughs> they just keep shoveling them in. Wow. Yes. <laughs> right? Suddenly, yeah. 1,000 come in in their place. <laughs> we started with 69. Very exciting season. 1, <laughs> like this eco challenge? Like rabbits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Riley and Madison will be the first to leave Uzbekistan and tuck tuck more than 20, 20 miles across the Salt Lake to Cincinnati. Home to poor hot dogs like the Taj Mahal, where teams will find their first clue negative two miles outside the city. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Taj Mahal does probably, probably serve pretty poor hot dogs. I don't think that's what they're known for. Yeah, I, that's what I, I've not heard that mm. about it. Love that. Okay, great. Great Mad Lib. It's good yeah. stuff. All right, well, yeah. like, Rob, be prepared to do at least a thousand more exit interviews for the season. <laughs> wow. Basic race. Yeah, good luck. Wow. Well, what else do you have yeah, going on, Rob? Fine. Come on. No, not not bad news on my end. Yeah. But like, yeah, so when you were in every city in Ohio in the amazing race. Yeah, tell me, how are the hot dogs at the Taj Mahal? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Are there enough colors? Hmm. I guess there's In infinite the, it, colors, <laughs> technically. Yeah, I mean, there's over six million colors. Yeah, according uh, to Panto. yeah Riley and Madison were represented by hex code number zero one three AB two. It was color. really confusing when they when they were at the roadblock with zero one three AB three. Yeah, exactly. I had to figure out which team to U turn, but they had to choose between a thousand pictures. <laughs> yeah, they squinted at it for a really long time and. Then the most teams passed them, and it was moved. <laughs> They're just little post stamp like sizes on the little. <laughs> so you just lick and stick on the yeah. on the podium. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. I think they. I think we need Amazing Race Forever stamps. I'm surprised we don't. Ha- we haven't had those be put out yet, considering the travel theme of it all. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. Who do you think needs to work mm-hmm. on that? Is that the, uh, the Amazing Race production company needs to push the post office for Amazing Race stamps? Yeah, I guess I don't know who would do it. Would Phil? We get Phil to do I think it. There needs to be like some sort of like groundswell of like public support that they want them. Leo, mm. get on it. <laughs> pull, pull public yeah. support. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I honk that. Amazing race is going to be back. Two hour episode this week where we will see uh, our next two hours of the race. Just do we know where we're going? Um. Yeah, I do know where we're going. We're going to Berlin. Berlin. And and I believe the second hour we're going to Kazakhstan. Oh, so ah, close that to that will be fun too. Okay. Very timely, mm-hmm. I guess. Well, I guess it's. I mean, I think uh, Will and James in particular are very happy that we're spending minimal time in Europe because that means much less time driving a stick shift. Uh, so I think luckily they just have to get through the next leg, and then it's home free in Kazakhstan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because it seemed like in the preview there was a stick shift issue. But it looked like they were driving oh, like a like... jalopy in, in Germany. No, they're making them drive Trabants again. Uh. Like that's a that's like an unlabeled switchback. They're having to drive the Trabants again. Mm. Was that the thing they got Bergen and Kurt last time? No, that was just a regular car, and they just didn't even bother trying to drive stick shift. No, these are those Cold War cars that you had to get on a waiting list to receive, and they are notoriously unreliable, but. Everybody in Berlin loves them. All right. 
That's be next time on The Amazing Race. Okay, any other thoughts from episode five? I mean, I think we can finish the way that this podcast started and truly memorialize Michelle and Victoria. Like, this is a really a top-tier cast, but they were standouts amongst them for the entertainment factor that they brought. But we will remember, I mean, we got them for almost half the season, and that that is nothing to sneeze at. So congratulations to Michelle and Victoria for making it as far as they did. And they, you know, they were winners in a way in which they, like, found a new part of their relationship. And now they're they're hanging out, they're cooking together, hopefully Michelle doesn't get any knives, and... Maybe we'll see them in Survivor Blood versus Water 3 someday. We can only hope. Okay. All right. Uh, Liana, where can people uh, keep up with everything that you're doing? So you can follow me on Twitter, uh, at Liana, R-H-A-P. Uh, maybe now, Puya and I will start tweeting our amazing race rewatch. You can follow yeah. along, along with us on that. Um, but yeah, just, you know, taking a little bit of a break, only podcasting one podcast, which is wild. But Puya and I are talking about The Masked Singer, which is going on right now. It's been a really fun season also. So if you're looking for a little bit more reality TV, definitely check that out you know you can you can watch the mass singer later watch amazing race watch the mass singer i know they're on at the oh, same yeah, they're on, time they're on at the you same time i didn't even think about that both you yes. can watch both you know we accept all hats whether there's a top or not brim or not so we accept all reality shows as well yes definitely check all of that out liana what two what two mass singer judges do you think would make the best amazing race team uh let's see well ken jong is useless so that would be hilarious <laughs> And uh, I think Robin Thicke actually would do a pretty good job. The other ones bother me, so I mm-hmm. guess I would pick those two. What about uh, you and Puya as an amazing race team? How would that go? So, so through every for through all the rewatch, it's like who would do what task. We're talking about what we would be good at. I believe he overestimates our skills and his skills mm-hmm. specifically. <laughs> um, so, so we'll see anything involving animals I would have to do. So that limits us, especially, you know, depending on what the, the makeup is for some of the roadblocks. But overall, I think, you know, I think we do all right. I can read a map, which <laughs> is at the cornerstone. I think of amazing race. So we could navigate our way through everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amazing race producers. If you're listening, this is it. You want to, you want a couple that's not going to be boring. Puya and Liana. We'll we'll throw shade. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. you know we'll have fun hats. Uh, they'll, we'll they'll do get amazing race on a stamp. <laughs> That's right. We'll push for the stamp agenda. I'm. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jess, what's next for you? Ah, uh, well, I've got Fear the Walking Dead: World Beyond Ooh. coming up over on Post Show Recaps. Um, and Josh Wiggler and Chappelle and I get together every Monday and we talk about everything that happened on both Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead World Beyond. And I think it actually might be a more fun podcast to listen to if you don't watch Mm -hmm. these shows, because they're both kind of bonkers. And you for all you know, we we are making up what happens on these shows, but Mm -hmm. we're really not. It's it's a very fun time. And we we enjoy picking apart the ridiculousness that is both of these programs. That's a great idea for a podcast, Jess. I think I'm going to do a recap podcast of a show that doesn't exist and see if anybody calls me out. Like every week, we're going to just talk about the latest events on, on a show that nobody can find and see see if anybody calls me out on this show does not exist. Yeah, it's it's on a channel that you don't yeah. get, and it's not available on streaming. So, yeah, I I I'm into it, Rob. I'll I'll help yeah. you out with that. It would be like it actually maybe this should be Gary and D'Angelo's next improv oh, exercise. No. Yeah, it's like Yellowstone. 
I was going to say like, that's the show that everyone apparently some people watch because it's been on for three seasons with Josh Holloway included mm-hmm. that I don't know it might be like the biggest con in the world true to the Josh Holloway style yeah yeah th- th- this is a this is a show that you know doesn't exist but everyone has convinced everyone somehow that like it's a show that enough people are watching when it actually has not been put into production whatsoever mm-hmm. is this the same way that NCIS is the most watched show on television even though nobody we know yeah. watches it's it? the most watched show in uh Uzbekistan or Kazakhstan whatever the <laughs> country was that Mike chose earlier that's what I hear that's what I hear exactly exactly but I, I like that idea I think that Gary and D'Angelo should maybe make a push, maybe not their dark Disney version, but maybe they could sell one of the stories that they did to a major network or even a streaming service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so bad. Okay. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Now, Liana, it's going to be your fault if we get into our exit interview with Gary and D'Angelo <laughs> and they just spend the whole time ragging on us for talking crap about their podcast. Will, it's all your I fault. I take full blame. Their this interviews whole are fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. The, the spread the story or whatever it is. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Do you think they could do interviews without Tom or do you think he's a requirement now? <laughs> he's I don't there. know. Is, he, is, it, is it Tom from MySpace? Is part of the writer? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Mike, what's coming up for you? So, uh, as Jess and I just actually recapped uh, episode five of Star Trek Discovery, which was a, a lot of fun. We've got a new Federation to see, and there is plenty to talk about and speculate about. So we did that. Of course, my interview with Michelle and Victoria is up at Parade.com. Josh Wegler and I are going down the hatch. We talked about Left Behind this week, which is certainly an episode of Lost that we certainly did talk about. And we had many, many thoughts about it, but... Coming up more recently is, Rob, you and I last week debuted our new Survivor off-season podcast, Outwit, Outplay, Outlist, and we are back for a second engagement this coming week, and I'm very excited for this one. Uh, We started with the visuals with Buffer Snuff this week. We're going to continue with the visuals because this week we are going to be ranking and rating immunity necklaces, individual immunity necklaces from over the years. Rob, you yourself had the pleasure of wearing one. During your Survivor mm-hmm. career, we are here to break down all the aesthetics with great guest and Amazing Race fan in her own right, Shannon Gus. So it's going to be the three of us this week breaking down amaz- uh, Survivor immunity necklaces through the years, both good and bad. Okay, looking forward to that. That's going to be up on uh, later on uh, this week. And of course, be with us for our Amazing Race coverage. We were live after the episode. We had so much fun on Wednesday night. Uh, join us live after the two-hour episode coming up uh, this week on Wednesday. Of course, uh, you can get all that at robhasawebsite.com. Taryn Armstrong had uh, interviews with Nicole Franzel and Cody Calafiore from Big Brother this week up on robhasawebsite.com so check that all out and of course everything we have going on for the patrons including patron family feud this week up at robhasawebsite.com slash patron thank you so much for listening take care everybody have a good one bye bye <laughs>